What right now? <laughs> We're gonna what? No, no. Let's start the let's start the episode. I'll look it up. Yeah, let's start the episode. Is it time? <laughs> let me let me show you a good bit. <laughs> oh my god, I'm peeking again. Uh, All right, whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> a real shit show <laughs> um uh who right. who introduces this one <laughs> i do oh, ryan right i think ryan <laughs> who watches the watchman who watches the good time just get all my uh windows in place here okay <laughs> thank you alex all right welcome back everybody to what is this episode nine of kino clash Today we're going to be talking about Good Time, which is my number 15 pick against Brendan's number 2 pick, Tron Legacy. Uh, so we're going to start with Good Time. The description on Letterboxd reads, Are you ready for a good time? After a botched bank robbery... End of Brent's... description! No more necessary! <laughs> Moving on! What? Are you ready for a good that... time? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's guess... the description, and we're <laughs> done! Right. So, I mean, basically, it's just a movie about a, a bank robbery kind of gone wrong, and it's it becomes this guy's terrible nightmare of a night trying to get his brother out of prison, and he runs into all kinds of other problems. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot that I like about this movie, so I'm curious to see what you guys had to say. Uh, was this anybody's first time watching the movie? Me. Yep, me. All right, let's start with uh, you two. One of you guys take it away. I can start it off. <clears throat> you should, uh, as someone, as the person who missed out on the Christmas episode. I feel like the listeners are just they're <laughs> they're Alex Star. Wait, yeah, they're, Alex, how, they're chomping at the bit for you. I was you. gonna say, how did you escape? Uh, that's a that's a story from another episode. Um, but <laughs> that's for meantime. next year's Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll disclose it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this was my first time watching good time um and i really really liked it it was really good <laughs> i uh i just got an apple watch and in the middle of how, watching how, wait, it wait, it wait. gave me <laughs> no, how listen, would you listen, describe listen. I just... oh okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry go on go on um i just got an apple watch for christmas and so while i was watching it it gave me notifications saying we noticed your blood, your uh, heart rate's too high and you're not moving. So, <laughs> Yeah. It's one of those for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. I haven't seen Uncut Gems, but I've heard what everyone says about it. I was like, oh, this sounds very Uncut Gemsy. And then I looked it up and it's the same director. So mm-hmm. They have a very particular like style. Yeah. I was, uh... so. but I, I, I just love that your watch was like, <laughs> hey, man. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. no, we, don't, said, we don't know is that okay? much. Of, we don't know that much about your personal health history at the moment, but this sounds like heart attack adjacent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Kyle? Oh no, I I had much. I had very low hanging fruit that we don't need to. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, yeah, the movie's really fun uh in the worst way possible i watched it with my mom and we were both just very much like oh, <laughs> oh my god this is like a i don't know this that is this is a mom movie <laughs> no i know it was more like i put it on the living room and she's like oh this looks interesting because like she's very much she's worked with like uh mentally handicapped people she's like oh okay i'll check it in and then 30 minutes in, we're like this is not the movie we thought it was gonna be um but yeah no i'll conclude my thoughts there 
Uh, I really liked it. Great. I'll, uh, I'll jump in next because I had not seen this before, but I had seen Uncut Gems before. Um, and I think my biggest takeaway was if you showed me those two movies back to back, I would think it was an anthology series. Like they are, (laughs) the Safdie style is so put together and unique that, yeah, there's these, you can't tell me these don't take place in the same universe or same. Are they, are they both in New York? Yeah, they're both in New York. Yeah, your brain is like rotted with like Marvel Cinematic <laughs> the these two movies and like a relatively realistic depiction of New York must be the same universe. <laughs> That's I mean, not I get it. It's like the same argument. It's like the same argument that like all the Tarantino movies take place in the same universe. No, I I mean, yeah, but those are more heightened than this is. <laughs> no, I mean with without a doubt. Uh, I was watching this and I was like, yeah, no, this is, it is, and for, I guess I should actually get to my, I, I like this. It was very good, um, but I thought it, it, it was, this walked so Uncut Gems could run. So I'm really curious, Ryan, why you have this on your list instead of Uncut Gems. Because I think these two movies are cut from the exact same cloth. But Uncut Gems is just the beefier, roided-up cousin. Um, yeah. I think so, yeah. they both have their strengths. Um, yeah. Well, I guess I guess I'll I'll go then because I think that I think that my reasons for why I would probably say I like this more than Uncut Gems, um, especially after this most recent rewatch, um, might line up with Ryan's a little bit. But uh, I really love the the score of this movie i love how contained this movie is how it's really just the one night that you're seeing like after the robbery and stuff takes place it's really just that one night of him trying to get the money and him you know resorting to dumber and dumber ways to get ten thousand dollars um whereas like uh uncut gems it's a much longer period of time um the the stakes i think are i don't know higher in terms of uh, 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 of monetary i guess uh, um reward and it's about a guy with a gambling addiction whereas uh good time isn't so much a, about a guy with a gambling addiction but a guy who's always looking for the easy way out of doing something and finding out that that's actually the hardest way to do something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'm going to make I'm going to make a quick buck by robbing a bank. Like, wh- <laughs> what? <laughs> Insane. Um, you know, and I think I think that's uh, that's something that I enjoy more from a from like a character study standpoint and getting to see you know, Robert Pattinson fall into this role and and, and get to spend essentially just like 12 straight hours with this character uh and see how he responds to different situations and different stimuli i i just like that a lot more and i i also like the ending of this movie a lot more than the ending to uncut gems i think that this movie has a much i don't know at least for me a more impactful ending because it it just kind of hits home to i don't know 
reality. Like you get this this world that builds up into like uh, almost like a sprite bottle that you've shaken up too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, and, and then it kind of bottoms out into this sort of just very real, normal uh, scene for the ending. Whereas Uncut Gems explodes at the end um and then kind of just ends on this uh, on this like series of insane uh, uh events occurring uh whereas i like i like i like what good time does a lot more i like the score more i think it's a lot moodier than uncut gems wow. i think um i think that it the fact that it puts less um i don't know less emphasis on comedy makes it more tense to me because like uncut gems while it's not a funny movie there's a lot of really funny parts in it yeah there's humor baked in for sure with yeah just with the interactions of characters i mean you know if we we could talk about uncut gems and all the lines that i love but you know the one that i always reference is um adam sandler going holding up the opal and saying this is what the dinosaurs stared at (laughs) which is just a fucking ridiculous line but like there's not lines like that or at least there's almost no lines that are as just goofy and heightened as that and in good time and i it just constantly keeps you in the moment it keeps you grounded to this like street level um I don't know turmoil that's being felt by uh, Robert Pattinson and and the characters around yeah. him. Yeah, and then so a lot of what you said I agree with Brendan. It's like the main things that I like about this compared to Uncut Gems, which I think I'd probably rate them about the same. But Uncut Gems feels like a very mythological yeah. experience. Um, it's just New York as a character, whereas this feels like Robert Pattinson as Connie as a character. It's very focused. I, I love the music. I love the, the neon kind of synth wave aesthetic, uh, which is actually interesting. We rolled this with Tron Legacy because watching that, I kind of got very similar vibes just with the kind of neon uh, colors and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this mo- this is a movie about an absolute sociopath. And with the camera work, you can always see his motivations. You can always see him kind of conniving and always looking for the next way to get ahead. Um, in any circumstance, uh, I can think of many scenes off the top of my head where he's just constantly listening to somebody, and then moments later he's doing something else, and it's because he picked out something that that person said, and he's using it to his own benefit. And I just really like watching that. And it's also interesting because while he is, I think, pretty objectively a bad guy, he is doing it for a good reason. He's trying to get his slow brother out of the out of the joint which is commendable, but he's going about it in the wrong way. And I just think there's a lot of lessons to take out of this. And it's really fascinating as a character study. And yeah, I I think uh, all the actors kill it. Soundtrack is great. Look of the movie is great. Pacing's great. It's got these claustrophobic camera angles and it's, I don't know. I just love it. It's a short movie too. It's like an hour 40. So you're just, you're just thumping right through. I, I love it. Well, and like what you said about him trying to save his brother, like I think that that is one of the more interesting things about Connie's character. Yeah. I think there's two very interesting things about his character, and I think it's how he, how his like, how his two natures sort of fight each other in relation to his brother, where he includes his brother in this bank heist, which is so stupid to include his brother in yeah. this because of the risk. 
Um, but he does it because he needs someone to help him. And, you know, he wants his brother to be there. He wants to do it with his brother. But then the immense guilt that he feels after knowing that he's the reason why his brother is in this situation compels him to go through all this trouble um, to, to help him. So it's sort of like him having to deal with his own, like the only time he's willing to deal with his mistakes is when it concerns, you know, his brother, how it affects his brother. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other really interesting thing about his character is how much he loves dogs. Yeah, that was like kind of one of those throwaway lines. He's like, yeah, it, it, they, they know I care or something like that. That's why they love me. And then it kind of comes back into play later. I thought that was, I didn't notice that mm. on the first few watches. Good <laughs> I just fucking love that. There's just a lot. Of, I think what the Safety brothers are really great at is, is giving characters those like really, really natural yet strange uh, idiosyncrasies like... <laughs> you're just like what the yeah fuck? i think but I it think just feels supernatural exactly, to the character he's sitting on the couch with the uh with the 16 year old and he says uh it, like it's just out of the blue he's like yeah i think i was a dog in a past life uh that's, right. that's yeah. why they love me now um yeah the safety brothers which, do a good job of making characters that even with limited screen time you feel like you know their entire life story and that that really makes the experience fun to watch um it's 12 hours with this character like you said brendan and it's just it's fascinating watching this <laughs> unhinged person operate in real in the real world it's insane well and then it's it's also so fun to see him then interact with other people who are almost identical to him and he's like he's like no i have a moral and just crusade mm -hmm. like uh what, what what was the guy's name at the right. at, towards the end of the movie yeah where he's, he's like, he's like you're a piece <laughs> yeah, he's like you're a real piece of shit you know that so you think you're better <laughs> than I, me he's like i know i'm better than you <laughs> <But> yeah <laughs> he's got all kinds of mental disorders out there i mean narcissism obviously sociopathic it's just it's a fascinating character and you're not necessarily rooting for him but you, at the same time you appreciate his plight <laughs> Well, you're not rooting for him, but you're just like, God damn it, get to the end of the night. And you are rooting for him a little bit because you know that his brother is this innocent victim and and Connie's mm -hmm. schemes, you know, that his that his brother loves him so much that he would agree to do anything with yeah. Connie. And, you know, so you're just like, dude, I want I want you to succeed because you're <laughs> because I hate you and I don't want your brother to be punished for your shit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I don't know, Kyle, does this kind of put it into any more perspective? I see, well, it's kind of interesting, actually, because a lot of what you and Brendan were saying, and Brendan, I think this kind of speaks to you uh, jumping down my throat at my opening thoughts, asshole. Um, because a lot of what you guys were saying, like, Ryan, you were saying you really like the aesthetic and the, the neon lighting and all of this sort, which is something I picked up on, but that's also one of the things I picked up on in Uncut Gems that like every yeah i i mean it genuinely of like i didn't see anything good time did differently than uncut gems um well i i don't think it's about different i think that or not even not even because different, this is but like that that what i guess how I, I and i'm also curious did you guys see good time first or uncut gems first i saw good I time think first. i also saw good time first See, so I'm wondering if that might impact it a little bit as well. 
Uh, I don't. I mean, they're because, both very okay. high quality. I love both of them. It's just yeah. I, like, oh no, both, no. I know. This, I'm not taking it that you guys don't. But like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was, I, I think this I, is just I, more I was, focused. I couldn't help but compare this to Uncut Gems. The oh, ab- time. well, and you you absolutely should. I mean, they're 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 as much as I was giving you shit for. They are very, they they're I I would say thematically and visually yeah connected. Um. <laughs> like I, the, the uh, score but... was very similar to me. I love both the scores. I think they're fantastic. And I mean, yeah, they're both just, you know, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Brendan. Like, and that's what I was kind of trying to convey at the beginning was that like they're so <laughs> thematically similar in terms of just I'm gonna get your heart absolutely pounding um, as you watch this unhinged character dig themselves into a deeper hole for two hours. <laughs> Um, and then they just do so many other really good things of that sort. Um, so like, I, I guess with that in mind, I guess what you guys like this more, you would say, because it's more contained. I, I think so. I, I, I don't know. I would definitely say I like this, this more, even if it's just by like a, a, an edge, um, just because I, I, I like the narrative of this one more because, um, you know, the relationship between Connie and his brother and all that stuff, I think, grounds this movie in a way that Uncut Gems isn't. Because ultimately, Uncut Gems, you know, Adam Sandler's character in that <clears throat> is, is a gambling addict and he makes all these he makes all these terrible decisions. But ultimately, like the, you know, the the impact that that has is largely contained to himself because his family is related to the people he owes money to so it's not like it's not like the the what mob or whatever they owns owes money to is going to go after his his well i guess at the end of the movie his ex-wife um or anything like that you know like ultimately the corona of uh, of shit is pretty close to just uh, Adam Sandler's character, whereas in this movie, you know, Connie gets into so much shit and he gets his brother involved. Who doesn't deserve any of that? And the fact that the rest of the movie is him trying to fix this mistake that he made by making more mistakes and not realizing that, you know, at some point <laughs> maybe he should have. He should either you know, turn himself in or in some way find a less um, stupid way to deal with uh, the mistake that he made. Like that is more compelling to me because I, there's a, there's something there for me to really latch on to. Not that I can't latch on to anything in Uncut Gems. I love that movie, but just as something for me to watch and get connected to on an emotional level and less on a just, I don't know, in pure enjoyment level, but actually, like, get tugged at my heartstrings with and everything like that, Good Time delivers way more. I mean, the scene of uh, of Connie's brother, whose name I keep forgetting, um, getting beat in the prison Nicholas. is, like, Nicholas yeah. is, is just horrible. And there's nothing like that in Uncut Gems. Like, absolutely not. I, I, I turned to Paige when that... Uh scene came on because it's right at the beginning of the movie and I, I was like ah 
I forgot what a safty brother experience is supposed to feel like. Because, <laughs> like, I was excited to, to be watching that. I was like, oh, I don't feel good anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be brought down. Yeah, uh, it lets you know what kind of movie you're in for very quickly. <clears throat> and I don't know. I yeah, mean, I, uh, hmm. I guess kind of to... In comparison to Uncut Gems, I just think the story goes to more interesting places, and I think overall Connie's more yeah. interesting to watch than Howard. Like, Howard's a great character, but the mythology of the city is what I love Uncut Gems for. I love this for the plot points and the character of Connie. Wow. Um, all that stuff is just... I, I think it's done better in this. Um, Uncut what, I, what I got from this movie was what you all touched on, is just I really liked how just tight and focused and contained it was i got big nightcrawler vibes um yeah i've seen uncut gems so i can't compare yeah it, but um how it's just it does the most with the least like per, with that being such a contained story i thought all the characters I, I thought it was just such a smart movie because especially connie but all the characters pretty much acted super naturally super space naturally <laughs> um and <laughs> And I think all pulling out pro- wands and shit. <laughs> yeah, I think all the the conflict in the movie and all the resolutions that Connie comes up with felt so natural. Um, yeah, and, and you really believe that he's just you know just, he's pretty intelligent in these kind of scenarios and and picks out the details and knows how to manipulate people in just the right way and knows what to say. I thought all that felt super super uh, organic versus like other movies that try to pretend like they're super clever and really there's just so many holes in their methods that like that's not how real people would would react or act um this movie did it super well yeah absolutely honestly alex a hundred percent i i never even thought of it like that but a hundred percent where it's like a, a lot of movies you get a character where you're like this guy should be doing anything else and he seems completely aware that he could be but connie a hundred percent it's like no, this guy has like a a very solid like like secret agent level like yeah. deduction like pinpoint ability, but it's but so it's clear that this is the own yeah this is the only life this guy would have chosen. He would not have. There's no way he would have done anything else but yeah. this. Yeah, that was one of my and, notes. And like the, was like despite the fast paced, all the motivations and decisions that are made, they all totally fit in. Like you, I bought every moment of the film there's nothing i really yeah question like when about he's it. trying to break his brother out of the hospital like when he just gets there and he kind of sweet talks the the cop that's outside any other movie would have had him quote-unquote go to the vending machine and then come up with some elaborate scheme to try to sneak in but this movie he went into the other hospital room kind of gave this old lady some yogurt had some in his own and just waited, <laughs> Sat, waited, waited. For his opportunity. <laughs> yeah. i love that i love that he just like because that's the the safer thing to do to still uh, do what you wanted to do, and that is uh, escape his brother. So yeah, there's so many moments in this movie that were just super smart. And again, going along with the the contained nature of it, um, they really out of every set piece, you know, the the home where he finds the 16 year old, the theme park, the hospital, everything, all every set piece that we have, they introduce like three different ways that he gets just. Uh, like caught and then like more problem comes in like, either with the cops coming in or um, the security guard in the theme park or just getting injured whatever there's so many different conflicts that come so naturally in each set piece 
and they just do so many interesting things with every single place they go to. Like, it, it could have easily been like, oh, we got to the theme park, we can't find the drugs, the security guard came in, uh, and then we got to get out of here. But no, they took over the security guard, and the cops came in, and he kind of impersonated the security guard, and then the girl got uh, taken away. Like, just so many different angles they took on, on each uh, set piece, and I, I thought that was super... It really elevated the movie for me, because it just shows, like, they had such a tight vision for this movie, and everything that happened... So the the score, the cinematography, the tight close close ups in this movie, everything served to just get your heart going and really just make you want to vomit watching this because you can't take it anymore. The vision they have in their craft is, I would downright say, unparalleled. Um, what happened they... in their childhood? Were they chased by cops for twenty four <laughs> hours straight? Like... <laughs> I want to say they've always been involved with movies in some way or another like they've always like kind of young spielberg-esque <laughs> like they've always just kind of had that uh kind of mindset of yeah. wanting to create film well they i don't know i don't know ryan if you saw their movie i'm blanking on the name Daddy, prior to good Daddy time Longlegs? i think that was i didn't it. see it um, but i did hear about it heaven knows what yeah I think maybe that was that. There, there were a couple. They did one. I think one was Daddy Long Legs, and then one was about a, a heroin addict. Yeah, um, but I just remember always hearing about how like those movies were no, like nauseating in the bat in a bad way. <laughs> oh really? And I think I think that yeah, because I I think it was like their style, but without like, um, without the sort of. I don't know, informed hand, yeah, uh, and guiding hand that is present in this, these movies. I, I've always wanted to go back and watch, but I'm like, how how worth it is that? Like heart palpitations for something that isn't like impeccable. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the yeah, I I think that these movies, these past two movies that they've made, are a result of going at it for you know years and putting out stuff that maybe isn't the best received and going all right those are the lessons that we take from it let's move on to the next idea until you get to a point where you can just make something that is (laughs) damaging in the best way possible (laughs) another big thing for me uh that definitely took away from it was it, these kind of movies are you you have to be in the right space like more than usual and so like i was watching it while my folks were asleep in the next room so like i had to be monitoring the volume the entire time um and without having like, the ability to have the score and just the cacophony of noise they can inject in it definitely it takes a ton of the edge off unfortunately um so like yeah my my anxiety was never to the extent that it probably should have been i had the opposite uh, experience that you did because i was stressed out with time trying to get here on time to record with you guys so i'm like okay (laughs) like my sister comes in i go i can't pause i have to finish this movie and so i was kind of like my heart rate was already elevated (laughs) you were connie (laughs) yeah so with the movie i was like this is not the movie i should be watching feeling like this right now (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't know i i get a lot from it i mean it's 
not a comfort movie to me, but it's one that I feel like I could watch anytime. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those it's things. Not a comfort movie. As this is a comfort movie to you, Great Waldo Pepper is a feel good movie. To <laughs> no, I, that's what I said. We, I wouldn't we say all it's a have our movie. own things. I've heard you. I've heard you. Someone, someone put that on the show notes right now. That's the title. This is Ryan's comfort movie, and now he's been incriminated. Uh, I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying that to me in, like, it's just so quick and it's just so good. <laughs> like, it's such an easy watch because. It's really just I, I buy every minute of it, and I think pretty much all of it is great. I don't like I said I really don't have any real complaints with it. Um, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. I love a good short and sweet movie that's pulsing fast and uh, has great characters. So I, I, yeah, it's something uh, when you when this was a while back, Ryan, but you were saying what you liked about this in opposed on cut gems, and I hate to keep bringing up on cut gems, but it's just a really handy comparison tool for this. I think. Um, but you, well, I mean, we were all expecting that with your, you know, various jewelry, you know, you're iced <laughs> to the teeth right now. You've got your fake teeth in your hair slicked back, <laughs> got your shades on. This is how I win. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I, cause I felt the exact opposite about this. Uh, and I, you don't think it's, it's interesting. heart pounding and like no 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 not heart pounding. No, no. But like, <laughs> he was, he was more worried about waking you up. You care dad. about Connie's character a lot more, and like I, I forget the other thing that you said, but this felt a lot more not shallow necessarily, but there wasn't nearly as much. Yeah, I guess shallow actually. There wasn't nearly as much depth for me in this. Like uh, I I talked about it. In my afterthoughts, um, we had just got done with our Kino Clash Christmas special up now and definitely up by the time this is up. Um, but uh, we were talking how Polar Express was a roller coaster ride. And that's what this was for me more than anything was like, I didn't really care about this character or think he had a lot going for him. But more so, I was just kind of seeing the world through his eyes and it was like the hey, here's the seedy underbelly roller coaster. Let's go for a ride. Um, I, I so yeah, disagree. I, I think it goes to. I mean, even with that lens, the places it takes you are just absolutely insane, and they all progress naturally. Decisions that are made, motivations that are clear. They want things. Like it's very yeah, different than Pole Express to be. <laughs> well, I, 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 okay, I, I, I would, no, 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 I Brendan, would, I would stop. This is important. I am not saying this movie is comparable to the Polar Express. Yeah, I want you just clear to writing. Um, no, I, I, I was gonna say, like, to your point, uh, I pers- I personally find his character very interesting because of the conflict that you can that you can feel in all of his decisions because like while he's making these decisions he's he's ultimately you know juggling these two sides of himself between being the sociopath that he definitely is and then this need to care for his brother who he's endangered and and the need to preserve certain relationships and then when to sever those relationships when they're no longer helping him with the one thing that he cares about. Like his girlfriend, for instance, where he's being sweet and buttering her up. But the second he knows, like, 
Oh yeah, this <laughs> this ain't this ain't panning out. He drops that and moves on immediately. And just never knowing when when it's too far for him. Like when when he's put too much time into something that's not going to pan out and not knowing how if he's going to try and preserve the relationship or get something extra out of someone if he thinks that's worth it or if he's you know just gonna leave them where he's leaving them i found that to be very interesting just to try and figure out what 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 was worth it to connie to do because like even um no i mean even he makes out with the 16 year old and starts getting feisty with her all just so that she doesn't look at the news broadcast like that's just Mm -hmm. yeah disgusting yeah super sociopathic yeah well and 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 seeing him like make like robert panson is is absolutely unbelievable in this movie because you you can see when like gears are turning in his head and like that scene in particular where you can tell he's like clearly weighing weighing the options of like this girl probably is into me at least a little bit this could definitely result in the police being called anyway but is that is that a worthwhile risk to make sure that she doesn't know that I'm like a, on the run from the police already? Like I just those moments where you see his eyes just kind of bounce around yeah. for a second. It's like that to me is so interesting. And because his motivations are so contrasting, you know, he's essentially trying to rob people and and trick people into you know and, until he can free his brother um you know uh that to me is so much more interesting than uncut gems which is a man who's destroying his life because of a crippling addiction where it's like that's interesting as well like that's still super interesting and super compelling but connie's character is so much more compelling because not not only the that dichotomy that i that i am enjoying but also the fact that we're we're with him for one stretch of time and it's only what he can do in that stretch of time he can't he can't do anything else that <laughs> results in and and extending this time or like he's got a time limit and we're with him for pretty much that entire stretch of time and and it's every fucking horrible awful decision he makes in that time and that's just unbelievably compelling to me in a way that uncut gems with the longer time span and the more busy world uh, i just don't think affords um because ultimately people are more lenient with um what's his face his character adam sandler's character in that movie because you know he's this established jeweler and stuff like he has social credit to an extent at the start of the movie that he destroys whereas connie starts with the nothing fucking fights for every inch and is torn back a yard (laughs) and that's so (laughs) enjoyable yeah connie is a very rich character in a way that also very rich in uncut gems like it's just i just i i love I love a movie with uh, the diehard factor, meaning not just one night, but this guy looks so completely <laughs> fucked yeah. up and different by the end of the movie that it's just like, whoa, what happened? 
<laughs> like i love a movie that does that where it's just like yeah you're watching this dude get absolutely destroyed <laughs> what were you gonna say alex oh no just gonna i was gonna build off just like the how such an interesting character study um because like i mean 99 percent of the conflicts in this movie came about through the night right when he's trying to live through the night and, and find all this money and all because when he was at the the bail office he's like no i want to i really want to get my brother out tonight he could have easily waited till tomorrow and really avoided almost everything that happened here you know just come up with another way of getting 10k but because he was so driven on getting his brother out tonight he went through hell and back and went through all of this just to get his brother in. And that's just a really interesting, I don't know, it's just cool to see that kind of mindset in him because it just adds to the level of sociopathy this guy has. Don't you mean that kind of grind set? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Connie is a Sigma male. <laughs> um, this should be called a grind time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i uh I'm, I'm, maybe it's a a situation similar to kind of where you were in waldo pepper ryan after he flies the plane at the crowd of people but like i i am never not not that i'm not interested in this character but like and it's similar to what you were saying brendan like i'm just not able to get to that point with him where i i i never care about connie i think is the way that i would put it like i at any point if he gets arrested which obviously that's the logical conclusion of the movie he eventually he just runs out of time um but like i'm never like oh god i hope he gets out of this one i'm like this guy's just a total piece of shit yeah yeah i I agree i I don't think that's the point i cared about yeah no i i think I think you're supposed to care more about his brother. Yeah. I think that that's why his brother exists in the movie is that you're not supposed to care about Connie. You're supposed to care about Connie insofar as I want him to get his brother out of this awful situation that he got him into. Well, so and see, maybe this is another thing then for me, because I was also like, why the hell is he trying so hard to get his brother out of the hospital? Hospital is a fine place for his brother to be in. Um, so He's that aspect was afterwards. gone for me, too. I was like, yeah, I mean... Well, it's because he was going back to prison after he gets out of the hospital, and he was trying to kill two birds with one stone. Like, get him out of the hospital. Like, get him yeah, out yeah. of like, so the did, surveillance yeah. of the cops and out of prison. I guess I guess for me, it's like, you know, we saw who he thought his brother was at the beginning. You know, this guy who's beaten to a pulp. You literally can't even see his face. He's got so much casting. And I, I, I don't know. For me, I was like, all right, well, that guy's not going back anytime soon. He's. I thought his brother was gonna die, or the guy who was his brother, air quotes, was gonna die when he took him out of the hospital. I was like, oh, that guy's severely fucked up. Um, he was just on some drugs. Yeah, I don't know. I I was never rooting for Connie so much as I was just fascinated by how far he was gonna take it. <laughs> I definitely wanted to That's see weird. his brother uh, kind of get his justice, but yeah, I, I've never like. Okay. I mean, Connie's absolutely not a good guy like absolutely no and i i yeah i didn't mean it like but like i I didn't mean it like you're like oh yeah i hope this guy i hope this guy wins (laughs) i I hope he gets what he wants (laughs) see this is weird and this this worries me uh because like is there something wrong with my mind because i wasn't necessarily cheering him on but i did kind of want him to succeed because i weirdly enough i did kind of care for connie because 
I mean, the whole brother aspect, obviously that that puts you on board a bit, and just like Can't obviously relate. he cares so deeply about his brother, but also other aspects of like he doesn't try to endanger innocent people if he can help it like he wasn't trying to get the 16 year old or that family um involved in his mess but he just had to rope the girl in eventually and the the security guard at the theme park <laughs> when like he tries not to use violence either when he doesn't have to when the security guard's initially looking for them in the dark in the dark ride hold up hold up, hold up don't make that face <laughs> when the security guard's looking through them in the dark ride he could have easily like beat him up and tackled them but he was just trying to evade him or whatever and it wasn't until he had no choice at the end when the guy literally caught him on camera that he just had to, like, make him unconscious. Because he was probably trying to come up with ways to get out of the situation without having to hurt these people. But then had to resort to it because he had no other choice. That's not to say I agree with his tactics. He's still a psychopath. But he is... Sort of, a, I, sort I don't of think the he, Batman rule. <laughs> I don't, yeah, kind of. I don't think he was overly malicious in that like he's like oh i'll i'll bulldoze anyone that's in my way i think he was just trying to do his thing and not rope everyone into it in the process i think he's more into the social manipulation than physical manipulation yeah based on his and, interaction and leave with everyone the, ignorant to, to what he's doing yeah be, like based on his interactions with uh, the the girl at the beginning who he's trying to get hit her uh, her mother's credit card and just like how her mom didn't want to let him in. Like, there's obviously history there. So he, he clearly has a history of this kind of social, psychological manipulation. So, yeah, I, I think I buy that he's mainly trying to do that. But at the same time, I also don't think he strays away if you know he's going to get ahead um, <laughs> by using physical means. Um, I, I don't think he right. draws I'm just arguing. I don't line, think but... that was his his first instinct. Yeah, I, I, agree. I Yeah, no, I think, he, I think he's a vicious opportunist. And nine times out of ten involving a lot of innocent people is not a good opportunity mm -hmm. okay yeah. i wasn't on board like, until that last sentence brendan and i can kind of I, I yeah like he's not he's not trying like he he's not trying to create like create mass chaos or something for his benefit because that's stupid he's trying to he's trying to have a scheme that involves the least amount of people but he's he's gonna scheme and he's gonna take advantage of opportunities that present themselves. So like, yeah, he's not gonna go out of his way to attack a security guard because he d he doesn't know that he'll win that fight. Yeah, you know, that's not a sure thing. It's a that's a bad risk to take. Um, but when he has to take the risk, he's gonna take the risk. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna die on this hill. I really feel like the director's kind of intended for this as well, because. Even when he's, like, robbing the bank, he threatens her by saying, you know, we're armed to get the rest of the money. But they never show the weapon, and they never put any really focus on the weapon. All You just kind of assume he has a weapon. And to me, I don't know why, but that kind of shows to me, like, I, maybe I think he would be hesitant on pulling out his weapon if the opportunity came. Um, like, let's say she wasn't giving him the money. I really feel like he's, they're really emphasizing, like, hey, he's going to sweet talk people and manipulate them. And well, he yeah, never no, really I, has a plan I, to hurt anybody. Yeah. I, I kind of agree with you, Alex, that I feel like if if it came to it, he probably would just leave. Yeah, I, because, I don't know. Because if he's not going to get anything out of that, it's not worth him. <clears throat> it's, not wor it's not worth him actually 
ri- like committing to a, a a jailable offense if if he's not even sure he's going to get money from her. Um, so I, I I could see that. I could yeah. see him just being like, okay, we'll 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 leave, and then they get out of the costumes because like I don't probably wouldn't have been caught if they didn't actually rob them and just like ditched the the masks and stuff somewhere you know because he wouldn't have had to get the paint off of his clothes or anything like that so he probably would have <laughs> probably would have made it if they just walked away and i if she was really putting up a fight i i i would imagine that he might yeah weigh super, those options super shitty leave. guy but a slightly more interesting shitty guy than other sitting guys <laughs> no yeah no i think he i think he's i like i said i think he's a vicious opportunist and he and he goes for the best opportunity the the most uh amenable risk that he can take and that doesn't mean shooting first and asking questions later that means trying to outlast a situation and get out of there with the lowest um you know <laughs> the lowest awareness of your of, of of your scheme um but i think that he doesn't i don't think that he has like a moral uh, objection to violence or to like exceptionally shitty things i think he just would rather not do that <laughs> as and, a start and last example i'll use on this um not even just he hesitates on hurting people just again hesitates on roping innocent people into it when the 16 year old eventually gets put in the cop car just because she was found outside the theme park and and connie's dressed up as a security guard and he kind of just exchanges eyes with her like i got the sense that he's like you know shit i'm sorry you weren't supposed to be part of this but there's nothing i can do at this point um i gotta keep going and save my brother okay yeah see i didn't i didn't get that at all anybody else get that vibe i i didn't get that what when he was looking at the girl yeah, yeah. she's getting pulled pull into the cop car like every time she glances over at him and he's just kind of like he doesn't even like acknowledge her or anything i i took that as just like i got i i he feels guilty about it he I just got, wants to step away from it yeah no i got i got i got like i got shame yeah but i didn't get maybe not remorse get, like, uh, but he probably feels a little guilty yeah i didn't get remorse I, I i got like i got like when you confront someone with you know a shitty behavior that they that they did and they don't want to admit to it and they're just kind of like shirking away from the oh see i don't think he's, that's what i got he's like ashamed of what he did i think he's like you know no. that's the business but i think he just feels guilty that no. he, he got her open because he's well, like you know but, i told well, him that's to the thing the car. i don't well yeah no i don't think that he i don't think that he feels guilty or ashamed or anything like that i think that it's just that like you know you know you know that you did this to someone and that just avoidance of it like i think he's just kind of avoiding taking responsibility over that action Um, yeah i i think he is probably incapable of feeling ashamed (laughs) or really too sorry for any of his actions but i i I would say he probably didn't want to involve her I, i don't think he feels too bad about it but he probably wouldn't have had her get taken away if he could help it but it is what it is in his mind well yeah in his mind the you know he he would be happiest if everything went exactly yeah. the way he wanted it to well, which I, would involve the girl not being taken away and, <laughs> and him having ten thousand dollars from selling a sprite bottle full of acid yeah. or whatever yeah yeah, I, I like that metaphor too of the the acid and the sprite bottle just all this value self-contained and it's just like 
it totally wraps up the whole movie. <laughs> it's just like this idea yeah, of which, getting everything by the for way, nothing. One of the best uh, uh, like movie posters is the one of um, so Robert good. Pattinson in the Sprite bottle. Yeah. It's so good. I wish that was the cover. Like I the the actual like Blu-ray cover is so shitty compared to that like movie. Poster. I just have the neon lights. Oh, it says now. "Good Time" or something. Yeah, yeah. The, that Sprite bottle poster rocks. Oh no! I, I was just gonna add a final. Like I I don't think Connie gives a shit about a single person besides his brother like i to the point i don't even think he cares about himself for the most part um i think he cares about himself i think he's a narcissist but i think he i uh, yeah i think i think he cares quite a bit about himself well he's talking to that drunk guy and he's like you're a piece of shit i know i'm better than you He, he cares about himself a bit yeah I guess not, 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 okay, so let me, let me rephrase. Not that he doesn't care about himself, but like he's willing, in the sense of using people to accomplish goals, he's willing to use anybody in order to accomplish his goal, and he's also willing to put himself in any possible situation to accomplish it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Which I think goes into the whole no shame thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like he, he's, he's like up to whatever <laughs> but i definitely I mean, got the he feels a little guilty uh with certain when uh, just when he rubs i don't know he did steal that old woman's yogurt in the hospital room he stole that old woman's yogurt <laughs> some for you some for me not only that <laughs> the old hag he took a sip in front of her face <laughs> <laughs> i that what if I she think, had like a really bad disease i, I always think he's that. in a hospital <laughs> and he just that grossed yeah. me out i yeah. was very unsettled by that I'd never enjoy that on, on rewatch. List, if I'm listing parts where my spine crawled, it's the yogurt, attempting to sleep with a 16-year-old, and then his brother getting the shit beat out of him. And those are the <laughs> That summarizes it pretty well. Yeah. That, that's the vibe. If you can bottle that those three scenes into a, a bottle, that's what this movie feels like. A bottle of Sprite. Sprite. <laughs> a bottle of Sprite. There we go. <laughs> uh... Also, I think we I think we should also just uh, pay lip service to the fact that this movie was absolutely snubbed at the uh, Oscars of that year. Oh my God! Not a single ounce yeah. of it was nominated for a no thing. Score, no absolutely, score. absolutely. I was either. It was no. no. Safties aren't. Uh, I don't know. I guess they're not playing the, the game. Ones. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they really like pissed off. Um, I don't know. Soda Old Burke. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> I think they've made enough of a name of the, for themselves by this point that the next movie they make, if it's like widely acclaimed, I think they're gonna have no choice. Because I mean, Uncut Gems that was a that was a riot when it didn't well, get no, nominated for you, anything. You, you don't understand. They have to nominate Captain Marvel too. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that that that's a bigger that's a more culturally important movie, Ryan. That takes precedent. Yeah. You also got to think that these old people in the academy have to actually watch these movies, and they might pass out <laughs> or have a heart attack if they, they try might to watch. Die. <laughs> they might have started to, and they did, they don't they don't say anything about it. Just don't nominate it. But yeah, they tried to watch it. They about passed out. Yeah, it, their it, Apple Watch killed say, three members dead of the academy. Because what's going on with your heart? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have to have a physician present. <laughs> yes. All right. Should we uh, right. get the final thoughts? Yeah, I think I yeah. I think I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. 
Who wants to go first? Um, yeah, my final thoughts are uh, this is a powerhouse of a movie. It's my favorite Safdie Brothers movie. Um, Robert Pattinson gives a unbelievable performance um, that yeah, keeps you... Yeah, we barely you... touched on that, but he was incredible. Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, he he bl- he blows me away every single time I watch this movie. It is so unhinged <laughs> and 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 risk taking and fantastic. And he carries the movie. Uh, not that it needs to be carried very far at all, because everything else about the movie is fantastic. Like I said, the ending is the part that always sticks out to me as being. Um, just absolutely affecting where you're seeing um connie's brother in group therapy mm-hmm. and then it starts playing that uh oh i can never pronounce the name one the pricks point never i think <laughs> is the name of the band i don't know the song but yeah i love that ending segment it's so sad <laughs> oh, god it's yeah and like just sitting with that mm-hmm. for a moment and then the credits play and you're just like shit like it's like it's it's so sad because you can tell he's hesitant to cross the room and then he says have you ever loved somebody and then he crosses like have you ever been hurt by a family member or something like that and he cries like ah yeah poor nick (laughs) very yeah um so yeah that fucking gets me every time um so yeah I, i i absolutely love this movie I'm 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 worried now because I I don't even know if I I don't even I don't even know if I'll be able to vote for my movie. <laughs> Your number two seed, no less. It's I don't know I I haven't um I haven't rewatched Tron Legacy yet um so I mean maybe it'll just bring it all back but Good Time is probably one of the few movies that 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 would go up against that and have a legitimate chance of 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 getting my vote instead. Or Ratatouille. <laughs> yeah, that and Ratatouille. But really, only, the only cut two. that you had as a family kid of uh, the the people walking across the screen and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that really makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Alex, you want to um, go ahead? Yeah, yeah, I'll go next. Yeah, I uh, super enjoyed this movie. It was just such a focused movie. I mean, every everything about the movie served to make you feel uncomfortable and they just had such a clear vision for this movie and i think they accomplished it super well acting all around was amazing robert pattinson stole the show but i mean benny safty too at the beginning when he's talking to his therapist or whoever and he just sheds that tear as as he's quiet like mm-hmm. super um super powerful and he very subtle acting i mean i shouldn't say that it really wasn't subtle because he had to put on a whole performance but um just he did a lot with that character with the little screen time that he did have um music was amazing the visuals of just all the sets and just the city itself grimy makes you uncomfortable and just again adds to the feeling of the movie it was insanely smart insanely creative i yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it i i I really liked it i guess i'll go next um yeah i think this movie is well not perfect there's not a complaint i have about it um everything i think they seek to do is accomplished and accomplished about as well as it could be done in this um 
That being said, I really don't think it's one I'm really going to ever need to revisit. Um, it just, uh, I, I don't know, it just didn't grip me the same way um, it has for you all. Uh, and I, I agree with everything everyone said for the most part. Uh, Robert Pattinson is incredible. Benny Safdie, we really didn't talk about him too much. Alex, I think you're pretty much the first one uh, to really go in depth. Uh, his acting was incredible at the beginning and at the end. Really, really impressive stuff. But yeah, other than that, I I liked everything about this. No complaints. Just uh, yeah, not a not a meal I I'm ever gonna crave again. I don't think. <laughs> Not not your favorite hungry man microwavable meal. <laughs> Out of all like the really uncomfortable movies that you just hate the experience of watching, this is one that I, I I'll definitely revisit. I would definitely watch this movie multiple times. Hmm. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. <laughs> I, I this is it's very very good yeah, on rewatch. I, mean, I will say you pick up on a lot, but I I I will uh, to Kyle's credit, it's not a movie that I I rewatch often. <laughs> But it is a movie that every time I do put it in, I'm just like, here we go. Yeah, it's, it's very captivating. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously, I, this is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, <laughs> the aesthetic is just wonderful. I love the music. Acting is just out of this world good. Uh, the story takes you to places that you never thought you would be able to visit all in one night. It's, uh, it's really something else. Um, if you have like an hour 40 to kill and you love sitting on the edge of your seat with uh, really good atmospheric uh, thriller vibes, it's definitely the movie for you. It's a great character study and yeah, it's one of my favorites for uh, for good reason, I think. so. Okay, uh, and now let's do final votes. So are we, you know, say if you're voting for uh, Good Time or Uncut Gems, okay? <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, this will work. Uh, Alex, oh, you sorry, can sub in Nightcrawler. Was that not the movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back momentarily with uh, Tron Legacy. <laughs> Tron. <laughs> Do they say that in one of the promos? They go like Tron with the robot voice. Tron. Oh, I'll just do a re-intro. Yeah, go That's for it. Just, yeah, I'll just go right back in because. <gasps> so, to pick up from where we left off, we're going to be talking about probably my favorite movie, yet not what I think is like my top movie, Tron Legacy, sequel to Tron. Now. I love this movie so so fucking much. It's one of those movies that was made like 20 years after or 30 years after the original or thereabout. Um, the original came out in like 1980, what, 88? I feel like it was 82. 82, wow, yeah. So I yeah, think Alex... Just about 30 years on the nose. Yeah, and then, the, then Tron Legacy, of course, came out in 2010. And I think both movies did uh, something spectacular uh, in that they sort of set the tone of what weird CGI movies would look like uh, for the, the preceding generation. I think pretty much everyone has, has seen some kind of movie or property where it's like, I'm digital, and they have the, the, the bright lines on the black outfits. And that's, that's Tron, baby. That's Tron all the way. 
Um, For the listeners so, you know, at home, I, Brendan I, has both a Tron Legacy and a Tron poster <laughs> in frame right now in his shop. And some identity discs. And some identity discs. And the Tron Legacy vinyl. Yeah, and the Tron Legacy vinyl. Um, but yeah, no, I, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, I I guess we'll, we'll I'll go and quickly read the yeah, get a, um, get description. description for it uh, like it needs one but we'll just give it one anyway uh, computer time baby Sam Flynn played by Garrett Hedlund the son of famous video game developer Kevin Flynn played by Jeff Bridges from the original Tron has been haunted for a long time by his father's mysterious disappearance a strange signal draws Sam to Flynn's arcade and he is pulled into the same cyber world in which his father its creator has been trapped for 20 years with fearless warrior Quora Olivia Wilde Kevin and Sam seek to escape from a universe that while magnificent is far more advanced and dangerous than Kevin had ever imagined actually and that's tron legacy I think that's a pretty good one actually. i mean that that's the movie that's the movie right there um i think i mean does anyone want to start off with their thoughts i i feel like if i start talking about this movie i won't stop yeah, until fair. about an hour i could jump because in because I'll, I'll jump i have in. i have like real quick before you start though i have probably a about like an hour's worth of notes this is on this movie hey, this is I, our I, highest seed I, so you you're entitled to it I, is, yeah, I mean, yeah. it it yeah it, it it earns it because I I accidentally through no fault of my own watched this movie right after two thousand one, so I had like so much f- sci fi flowing through me that I just channeled it all into my my viewing of Tron Legacy. So I have a lot to say. Wait, like anyway, someone take the floor. Like recently, you watched two thousand one and then watched Tron Legacy. Why'd you watch two thousand one? Yep, I uh my girlfriend had yeah hadn't seen it and i was like that's the fucking gold standard of sci-fi let me pop it in because i got that 4k box set of it and uh you know it was a religious experience as always and no it's just i i kind of respect the craft of kino clash so i'm not watching the movies but that's cool that's that's cool uh, that you uh you do your thing (laughs) yes that's fine Life gets in the way. I mean, I watched The Prestige the other day. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're both hacks. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, not willing to... Kyle, I've... Kyle, Kyle, I've seen that movie before. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Kyle, I, I hate to break it to you, but I think we've debated 2001 <laughs> many times over the years. I, I, I think it's a given that I've seen this movie multiple times. <laughs> All right. Tron Legacy. Um, so I watched this movie... And I remembered I have a lot of mem- so I haven't seen this movie since I saw it in theaters. Uh, it came out in 2010, right? Me too. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 2010. Yeah, I realized I have a lot of memories about this movie, um, m- namely that I saw it in 3D. So, who, who, who? When the discs came at you, they they kind of did, but you know, it's a bad it's a bad way to watch a movie. Um, that and i saw it with uh my uh close friend growing up jake who doesn't have a last name and i distinctly (laughs) remember he was very unhappy uh after watching it because he said well it shouldn't have been called tron because tron's hardly even in the movie uh it should be called like the grid 
or something like that. Uh, that's just a little tidbit, a little nugget to put out there. That's like some... <laughs> That's like the worst take. Oh, that's really, like, Brendan? That's like really? The, the take of a 12 year old is like the worst take? <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. Go if off. You don't buddy. Have media, Go off. If you, Kyle, Kyle, if you don't have media literacy by the time you're 12, you'll never have it. <laughs> um, but no, so watching this again, I was really excited and it was a treat. And uh, I, I don't think there's much to say other than this is a. F- fucking sexy movie man i was (laughs) i was like wow i am aroused right now by this movie i don't know what it's doing but it's doing it um yeah i'm sure we'll get into it but i mean yeah just that well i mean it looks it looks stunning it's like unbelievably that was my big thing was like how could you have walked out of the theaters in 2010 and been unhappy with this. Do you know why? I can tell Please. you exactly why. Avatar. I, I see because that was my first thought. Was it looks like, that was it my looks first better than Avatar it's, does. It looks so much better. Like it's not even uh. close. You oh you don't oh think so? it is it is not even close. Are uh. you kidding me right now? Ryan, I would say CGI I would, Jeff Bridges and Avatar. <laughs> Oh, but there's the fucking. There was Navi. a very funny Letterboxd <laughs> review that I would like to bring up that was just PlayStation Three Jeff Bridges, and I got a chuckle <laughs> out of that. Really distracting. Okay. And and in defense of Jeff Bridges, I think that the CG Jeff Bridges looks good in the uh, VHS stuff when when he's like talking on the VHS screen. I think that looks fine. I, I yeah, genuinely, I, I don't think it looks bad. Well, you notice it, but it doesn't look that bad. For 2010, doesn't look that bad. Um, it looks like the Polar Express characters. It doesn't look that yeah. much better than the like. I it's, it's I would say I would say the only part that well, really on takes now, me out of the movie is when he. You, you don't need to be defending yet. This is just opening thoughts. This is just no, no, opening no. thoughts. I, I know, I know. I just, I just, I just have to get the. I just have to get this out because it's such a small thing. But I think the only time for me that it takes me out is when they're in the real world and he's in Sam's bedroom, and because <laughs> yeah, like so scary. Because if, <laughs> if 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 I'm in the computer. If I'm in the computer, everything that's CGI, I can just go. Ah, it's a, it's a, it. We're in a computer. Of course, it's gonna look CGI. Like I, I can like explain that in my head and be okay with it. But the scene where he's just in the bedroom, it's like there is a, there's a monster in your room. Get out of there! It's like you're not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to my dad? Why are you wearing his face so loosely? <laughs> Well, here, Ryan, you go ahead and take the torch. Because, yeah, I'll, I'll leave All it right. there. Yeah, this is the third time I've seen this. I saw it in theaters. I saw it a couple years ago with some friends, and I watched it most recently just kind of by myself. This has been the time I enjoyed it the most, but I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of this movie. I think this movie is like a cake. It's got this beautiful, delicious buttercream icing. That's that's the look of the movie. It's got these delectable gold sp- Real gold, edible gold sprinkles on top. That's the soundtrack. And then it's on top of a hostess cupcake of a story. <laughs> like, it is just very underwhelming to me in everything but the spectacle. And I think if the spectacle served a world that I was more interested in and was maybe more fleshed out, I think I would absolutely love this. I love a lot about this. It's just the underlying story I've just, I'm just always bored by. 
That's let by me far ask the you this. Point to me. Did you see and or like the first one? I did see the first one. And it was I, I haven't seen it in ages. I think I watched it around the time I saw this one in theaters. It, I don't. All know. right, because like that is something that I will say. I will not even try and defend this movie to people who didn't like the first one because it's like if you did, if you weren't into if you weren't into Tron you're not gonna be in, <laughs> into the yeah. dumb shit that the movie went to in a sequel <laughs> a big thing for me with this one in particular is they try to make it this really melancholy deep sci-fi kind of experience and I feel like at its core, maybe this is just me, it's a very goofy concept of just, what if the programs in my computer were real people? Like, it's it's kind of silly. And I think if they oh, would have leaned into the silliness of that or fleshed out this deep sci-fi world, I would have liked it a lot more. It's just the, the story and the characters always fall flat for me, and I always get bored at a certain point. Um, and that's not, to, like I said, I enjoyed this the most I have. It's just, I... I need more than spectacle to keep me in a movie like this. Uh, that's, and that's really what it fair. always boils down to. So it, it's, I think it's good. I just don't like it a tremendous amount. It's just, I don't know. I'll watch it every now and again, but it's definitely not one of my favorites. I'll go ahead and Alex. go next then. <clears throat> um, so I'm with Kyle where the last time I saw it, the first and only time I saw it was in theaters. And I remember as a kid, as, but 11 12 years old loving the heck out of this movie and like i remember the end i for some reason i have this memory of the end fight on like that bridge when he's trying to get back into uh real life as yeah. being so freaking nerve-wracking and all this so i was really excited to go back into this um and when i put it on there's the scary monster in the room scene at the beginning of the movie where <laughs> cgi i like that we're talking. calling it that. <laughs> yeah uh he's talking because it's young terrifying it, it is very scary and anyway, he's talking because they about... also don't show his face until the very end, and it's just scary. Yeah, this movie they should have just not shown it. What, what they should have made it scarier, like his jaws. Is just not show close-ups. Yeah, like Jaws, just don't have close-ups. If you show him from a distance or whatever, or like a silhouette. It... Mm. Anyway, um, so he started talking about Tron and how he met this great warrior, and so I immediately stopped the movie and watched the first Tron because I'd never seen it. Um, and... oh, good. Yeah. And I, I liked it. Uh, yeah, because we had already pushed this back like two days. And I was like, oh, I have the time. So I watched the first Tron, and it was good. I, I knew going into it that it's going to look super dated, of course. Um, I was more so interested in what the story was. And it didn't completely grab me. Um, I didn't love the movie. A lot of, There are a lot of cool creative parts. And even the CGI, honestly, I liked a lot. And it was pretty cool what they did with it. Um, and I also know some of the history of like how they programmed that so it was just super ahead of its time so then i was excited even more excited to go into tron legacy and just like kyle said it's such a sexy movie it's so stylish the music and visuals i mean i don't think i've ever seen a better pairing of the two where they understand each other and complement each other so freaking well but i'm right there with uh ryan in that the story didn't hook me and besides sam and kevin I did not care for Korra or um, Clue. Yeah, or Clue, really. And so I love the world building of like those like girls that come out and like put on your suit and like of Zeus in that club and all that stuff. The world building was done way better in this movie than the first movie. Um, 
but the story itself just didn't really do much for me. And there's just a lot of like, not a lot of, there, there are a few little things that I'd like to ask you on that don't make a lot of sense to me um, after watching the first movie. But I'll go into that a bit. Basically, I loved it. I mean, I really liked the movie um, in its presentation, but in its execution didn't hook me a ton. I, I think I liked it a lot more when I first saw it. That's fair. That's fair. And honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, I have the biggest bias uh, in the whole world, not only because I really love this movie, but I had like a fucking like, I don't know, blockbuster commercial life uh, trying to watch the first one where I like knew the employee at blockbuster when I was like six because I had been trying to watch um tron because i i had heard about it from i think it was like fucking kingdom hearts or something um and i've been trying to watch it forever and uh and they only had one copy at the blockbuster by my house and the the attendant there was like hey once it comes in you're the first one you're the first one i promise i'll put it on hold you're the (laughs) first one and like every week i would go in there and then finally they had it and i just like devoured that movie and i was like i was like i'm not going to be the the jackass that holds on to this forever and never gives it back because that's what the other guy did. I was like, no, it's got to go right back into the ocean catch and release. So I watched it about, about 20 times that like weekend that I had it. Cause I knew I wasn't, I might not ever see it again because it, it had only been released on DVD once. And this was before they had announced Tron legacy or anything like that. So it was like, this is, this is it. This is, yeah. this is the copy. This is before digital or it's anything a nice like memory. that. So this was a question of yes. mine. Cause I was wondering if you saw the first Tron before Tron legacy. I did not think so. Yeah. I figured it was the other way around. Yeah. And I no, And I was absolutely obsessed. I was like this. I love this idea. I love this world. I love how it is simultaneously the most goofy shit you've ever seen. And it also takes itself completely seriously. I think you probably picked up on that, Alex, when you watched it. Like there's so many moments that are played straight in the first movie where you're like, dude, you're in you're in literal hockey gear. This is this does <laughs> not works. need to be played as it works straight. In the first movie. Yeah, but it, it, it really does. And I, I love that first movie for that reason. So when they you know announced the second one i was like i'm i'm losing it um and the fact that it was a sequel and not a remake and it had jeff bridges in it i was and uh bruce boxleitner in it i was like i'm 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 in heaven this is the only thing i could ever want and uh and it was i mean honestly like i i don't know how much of that is me um just want having wanted it that bad but i love this movie like the to me the opening the, the, the speech and everything like that, it kind of mirrors the opening of the first movie. I love that. And, oh, my God, that, that transition from child Sam into adult Sam on the motorcycle with the Daft Punk score kicking in at that right moment is so good. It's, I love that so much. I get chills every time I watch that scene because it's so – like that bicycle to motorbike transition is so tight. I did. And, I uh, like that a lot. That was one of it's, my notes. That tr- uh, it, transition was fantastic. It's so tight, and you know, obviously the score is fantastic in this movie. Daft Punk went, you know, went above oh, and beyond. Yeah. They actually made a score. A lot of, uh, 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 like Rolling Stone at the time, they had reviewed the album before the movie had come out because you know they released like the scores prior to the movie coming out and everything, yeah. and um, they were like, "This is like the worst Daft Punk al- album ever." 
And it's like, uh-huh. yes, because they made a legit score for the movie and not an album. So, like, it, I I love that they went all the way with yeah. the score. Yeah, I mean, that would be like comparing this or, like, an orchestral score to, like, a dance beat because that's what they're yeah. normally <laughs> known Yeah, for. literally. And I, so I, I understand that, like, the the pre like the 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 advertisement of of them working on the score was largely done through the one song that is a dance beat which is derezd you know they like promote the shit out of that song so i think maybe people were expecting more of an an album from them but no it's just like a great fucking film score and um it's a real yeah, shame I also, they didn't do more right and and now they're yeah. broken up though they have worked on on other like film scores as individuals and not as a, as a team. So I guess it sort of pervades in that way. Um, I think this movie looks at times like just as in terms of film quality, what I notice is at times it looks unbelievably gorgeous. Like even in just the real world parts, like it's so it's such a great representation of like the 2010s where it's this middle ground between having things that are hyper technologically like updated and you know the 90s kind of uh, 90s early 2000s stuff so you know he's driving around you know it's not said to be toronto but it is it was filmed in toronto um he's driving around toronto and they have the um no i mean maybe that's what it's supposed to be but it was filmed in toronto um you know and you have the uh the like yellow street lamps you know, uh, lining the road, it gives everything this soft, like pale yellow glow, um, and things like that, that I just really love. And that stick out to me in my memories of my childhood of having like stuff like that, but still these like nicer cars and things like that on the road. Um, I love all the callbacks to the, uh, Oh, I almost the big missed door. what I was trying to say, but well, yeah, the big door, but also the, the film that they used is really shitty digital film. This is like early digital film. And so it, I don't know if anyone did this, but I do this because I'm crazy and I love this movie and I have to find new ways to watch it every time. I was sitting literally within an inch from my 4K TV watching this movie because I'm insane and I just wanted to. And yeah, you, you do miss film. Like the movie kind of looks like shit at times because you can see the digital artifacting, like the blockiness in a lot of the darker sections of the movie, especially when they're in the real world and they're, and they're not cleaning it up with CGI. So that's disappointing because... You know, it's it's 1080p, but it looks like it looks like shitty internet video sometimes. Have um, they had a remaster? And not in like no, uh, I think they lost the masters. Um, so it's yeah. just that's that's what it looks like forever. Like I like they'd have to digitally go in and remaster it, and I wouldn't trust them to care enough at this point about Tron Legacy to do that with like a gentle hand. So I mean, Jeff Bridgetal will probably look ten times worse if they ever think to do that. Jeff um, Bridgetal, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I've never. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, Why would you? I, Why would yeah, you I, have I, heard I, that? Because I've heard plenty of discussion <laughs> on how crappy he looks. I've never heard him called Jeff Bridgetal. How how much plenty of discussion <laughs> that, that, have you that, heard of people discussing Jeff Bridges? When I'm and watching, Tron, when like I'm watching my film YouTube's. <laughs> I mean, it's very noticeable. He's a, a clue is a key component of the movie, and he's in it often. It's not conversation piece. <laughs> but it is the funniest part about this movie. Is <laughs> what you say, Jeff yeah. Bridgetal? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's what the community calls him. So um, that's and so funny. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, Sorry. I love the bit with Killian Murphy in the in the boardroom. Oh my god, 
that the fact that they added that in later that that was a that was a reshoot because he had they they he just agreed to be in it suddenly and they were like we'll set you up as the villain of the next movie oh my god you're you're tron 3's villain if oh. this movie does well we're, we're setting you up as the villain wait, you're wait, that dillinger jr is he the son of he's the... dillinger yes he is he's the son of the villain of the first movie yeah. and he's just like this random member in the company now who's okay. you know sucking up to the new ceo yeah, i thought that was really confusing and out of place i was like i like why no are that's just setting for, up silly that's Murphy just for the fans he's not even in it that's just for the fans. That's so just for that's just for me. Did he? Did they call him by name and you yeah. recognized it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They say they say uh, someone who uh, whose family has the only notable uh, 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 legacy at this company, yeah, Edward and, and Dillinger say, like, Jr. And whose father, you know, took this company to the future. I only picked up on that because yeah. I had just finished watching the first one. But um, Brendan, real no, quick, yeah. it it's. Oh. <laughs> you just mentioned Tron 3. I'm looking at the budget for this movie. It was around 170 million and just going off like the the rough like usually you want to make double your budget on like marketing and all that. This movie grossed 400.1 million dollars. So it wasn't a massive success, but I'd say it was profitable. How come there wasn't a Tron 3? Uh they were constantly pushing for it, but le- legitimately like the the Hollywood rumor is that Tom- uh, Tomorrowland killed it. Tomorrowland bombed so hard at the box office that Disney was like, why are we even doing movies like this? We can just make Marvel uh, movies and Disney princess remakes yeah. until the cows come home and make yeah. 20 times more without any risk. And, and they were and, right. <laughs> yeah. But like you can't blame they, them, there's but... a, there's a script for a Tron three. That's just floating out there. Oh, really? Cause we've just talked floating. about Tron three. Like it's come up like multiple times yeah. over the course. Everyone, of Everyone. Oh my God. Everyone had agreed to come back. Killian Murphy had agreed to come back. Everyone. It was going to be just... Uh. Um, but apparently a lot of that script got uh, chopped up and put into uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2. So, fuck Disney for that. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the idea of Tron 3 was going to be them going and exploring uh, like the internet by way of digital space. And then that they chopped up some of that. What, is Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph 2 not good enough for you, Brendan? Uh, no, it's actually uh, so. It's actually so bad that it makes me uh, want to break things. <laughs> it didn't scratch that itch. I like the bad. first one. No. wreck things. <laughs> yeah, it makes me want to break the internet. Actually, that's how mad it makes me. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I love that boardroom scene though, as just someone like the fact that it's this. It's this pseudo callback, and I think it works even if you don't know. Like I know you guys said it was confusing, but like. The fact that they're just venerating this this random dude who has nothing to do with the company, like completely whitewashing over uh, um, the Flynn legacy at the company, with uh, Alan being the only person there who's reminding them that uh, that Kevin Flynn was really like the the big the big guy at the company. Yeah, uh, it was just weird because th- they could have done that without his character being set. Oh, up. absolutely. But I think and that they, they, they did they that doing be- that. I, and that, yeah, now that well, you explain they it, had it originally better, done that. I didn't think I, I it mean, was weird yeah. at all. I was just kind of, I, like, I thought it, I thought similar to how you were explaining it, Brennan. Like, yeah, it's just, oh, okay, the Flynn name's been wiped out completely. And then I squinted a little bit and I was like, is that fucking Killian Murphy? And then, it I, is. Then I, <laughs> I didn't even notice. It's so good. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's um, he has a beard, that's... so that's why it's hard to notice. Yeah. 
I I mean, yeah. Oh, and then the the scene where it's Sam uh, jumping off the crane. I love that part. Because uh, it it was I, I it's the the way the score just swells in that moment. I love. Um, it's just uh, like he could he oh, he's a primary shareholder and he he couldn't just tell the guards to piss off. He's a bad <laughs> he boy, to, Ryan. I well, know. I, I, get, I know. I think you get the impression that he just want he's having fun with it because he knows that he's yeah. allowed to do that, but. I well, I don't think he's allowed to do that, but like, you know, <laughs> what what was he supposed to do with the most likely $5,000 black base jumping parachute he bought, Ryan? What, you you buy that and you don't jump off the building, Ryan? I, I yeah, I guess not. Jeez. I don't know. But um it was just yeah, it, no. it seemed a little I don't know. Oh, it was because it, it was full it was, was full hackerman cliche like yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, he's got like this this digital like four square code and decryption software it's like oh yeah that's what that looks like well <laughs> i honestly i honestly don't mind it because he tech like okay so yeah the door is that's like a silly part but like his dad in the first movie has the same device he's just mm-hmm. using like the same almost exact device uh that uh kevin had in the first movie which i loved um but then like all he's doing is literally taking a file out of a server and then putting it on the internet <laughs> so i'm like yeah that's not that that's system. that's well yeah but that's probably just he, he's i don't think he's putting an uncompressed operating system on the internet for free i mean i assume he's zipping it at least <laughs> yeah he had seven zip on his phone <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, zip is free but, software so he wanted this you know to keep yeah, that message no. going <laughs> i do appreciate- and i love the conversation that he has with Bruce Boxleitner at the like at, at his like crappy little uh, house on the fucking port. Crappy! That house yeah. fucking kicks ass. No, yeah, that has that the house coolest sucks. view. I'll what? grab it. You think that He's house so sucks? <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally two shipping crates stacked on top. That's of fucking rad. I imagine it smells awful. It's on I, the fucking you can pier. Pay me more than that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's probably like he bugs had cores banquet in the awful. fridge. How could how could you be a how could you not want to yeah. be there with cores and banquet? I appreciate the beer taste. <laughs> oh yeah, he had that little. Bit. No, I did appreciate his beer taste, but yeah, it's it's just very. I mean, it's just that whole first segment is so insistent on him. Is like, yup, he's badass. Yup. <laughs> it's like I, I i see i see how cool he is i just i don't know i love it i love i love seeing him as as like this weird i don't know like loner because like he doesn't look like he has anything going for him he just kind of it, they say that he just shows up yearly and like antagonizes his father's company <laughs> and that's like his whole life which honestly is depressing <laughs> he has that yeah. and a dog <laughs> um so i kind of like that and then i love the conversation he has with alan um where he's like what what do you think i'm just gonna find him sitting in there hey kiddo lost track of lost track of time and then it just ends with wouldn't that be something i just oh and then then the score comes in again i'm just like shivering because i i can't believe this movie is so enjoyable um one thing i really like about legacy is that what like a lot of movies do nowadays where they try to create a sequel of like a really beloved old movie is that they really just ham fist a lot of references to the old movie. I think this one did it really tastefully, like little tiny callback to the big door. And my favorite one was in the first movie with the master control program. When he, every time he finished talking, he'd say end of line. And then in this movie, when clues mm-hmm. talking to Zeus, I think was his name. 
and then he just kind of slips in a end of line and leaves. I was like, that's badass, and that's cool. But oh, and I love the way uh, Jeff Bridges delivers that, where he goes, "End of line, man," yeah. and then he blows <laughs> the fucking bar up. Yeah, I, yeah speaking I, of Zeus, do we want to kind of get into the like the actual digital world? Oh yes, I was just about to get to that. I, Zeus, I think, is probably my favorite character in this. Not I, played I think by Jared Zaniness. Leto, despite Pop yeah, Pop no, Michael. Sheen. I was going to say he looks like Jared Leto in Fight Club. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like, why do I think that? Oh, what's his name? Oh shoot, Michael Sheen, uh, guy in American History. No, oh, no, no, Ed no, Norton. Edward Norton. Yeah, Ed Norton. Why do I think Ed Norton's about to come beat the shit out of Zeus right now? <laughs> But same exact stuff. Yeah, no, that, that digital world, I mean, when you enter it, I think that's such a, like, ballsy move where you're just, like, in this world. He's running around like, oh, my God, what's happening? The recognizer comes down, immediately IMAX. <laughs> you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, the digital world, I thought, like, it looked just really, really great. The only times it didn't, in my opinion, were in they interacted with CGI objects. I thought the points where yeah. they had like real sets, those were immaculate. Like oh, the, the white light unbelievably just so, good. so that, that color scheme no, the, is wonderful. The entire art direction of this movie, obviously everyone yeah. says, Oh, it's beautiful and amazing, but it really needs to be given even more props because they could have easily made this a super overwhelming place to be in, like just flooded with all these neon lights and just no cohesion whatsoever. But they did it sort of tastefully and super cohesively where like you get the the beautiful striking lights throughout everything but like it's not super overwhelming and like everything has some sort of like design and flow to it I, and like well and i the, think that the light I, cycle i think that works perfectly with the themes where it's like a computer with order and everything like every, every light has to be going somewhere with a place uh, you know nothing's just going to be garish and overwhelming but as you we were saying about the light cycle race Oh no! It just like the light cycle race and the the disc fight, like the background obviously had all the intricate details, but it never detracted or took any focus away from the actual fight or the actual race. Where like you always knew what exactly was going on, and like the camera was like wasn't ever like shaky or anything, and just everything was very focused and very deliberate. And um, I, I just appreciate how the world only added to everything yeah, instead of just making it hard to watch i i i don't really think about that too much but i completely sleep on the fact that the camera work in this movie is so deliberate like it, it doesn't shake it's like it's very classic and and its idea of just like it is a still smoothly moving camera that inhabits this world it's not like shaking around or, or vibrating or, or, or anything like that so yeah i mean and i i love that about this movie too um the fight scenes with the costumes and everything are incredible. The fact that they actually made costumes that lit up, I think, helps the movie so much because they could have phoned that in with CGI 100%. So that... And honestly, maybe maybe they should have because, you know, maybe that would have been cheaper and easier. But fuck, the way the light just perfectly settles on them is, like, worth it to me. It looks so good. Well, so like, how much of this... Because that that was one of the things I liked besides Jeff Bridgenal. Uh I thought this movie knew its limits with CGI incredibly yeah. well. Um, 
the the director of this movie was an architect this was his first movie um he was an originally an architect so he tried to build almost every set that they were in so like anytime they're in like a room which is why there's so many scenes of people just talking in rooms because they could build those and make them as real as possible um whereas like anything with fights and stuff like that had to be like almost like a cgi space completely so like um clues like chamber that's real um the end of line club is real uh kevin flynn's uh hideout is real um you know pretty much anything where there's people like talking to each other in a room that's that's real i would say like the only times that it's not is like the end of the movie uh the solar sailor and uh like the you know well, well, any action is pretty much CGI'd, but like, I'd like as far as those moments, like that, you know, them getting off the elevator and going on the solar sailor, that's all a CGI space, things like that. But yeah, for the most part, like any scene that they spend a lot of time in, they, they tried to build it. Mm. And that definitely pays off. The club, that whole sequence is my favorite part of the movie. Um, oh, it's unbelievable. It's it, so good. It's, it's wonderful. The only, it's, it sticks out to me. I don't even necessarily dislike it. It just sticks out that Daft Punk is actually in there, which is kind of fun. But it definitely ruined the immersion pretty immediately. I don't. Oh, I don't think it. I don't think it ruins it because if you absolutely. don't know who they are, they just look like Tron characters. Yeah. No. Wait, you know, like I. So, I mean, those are the most iconic outfits. In well, pop yeah, culture. but like, let like, them be in it. Oh my no, god! No, <laughs> as soon as that it, shot it cool. happened, I lost it, and I was like, "That is." fucking awesome i love that so much <laughs> but they they build up this like really serious world and then they they do that and it's like i wish they would be doing stuff like that more often what's well, because zeus yeah, was already kind of silly anyway he was just kind of like acting very, yeah i think like, i think they were like yeah this this is a silly part of the movie we have the license to do something silly here like if he, if they were in the yeah. uh like end of movie like a doomsday weapon you'd be like well that feels weird <laughs> but they're literally djs in a club i don't know of a more yeah. like organic way to put them in the movie i know I, it just stands out like not a lot of this felt no if, meta, and that it was, for like, sure definition. stands out like when i saw that i was like, like Ugh, i don't think i like that and then it the, the whole scene played out and i was like you know what that was actually kind of freaking like, cool yeah I, and I don't even dislike it it's just i'm just saying it stands out it, it yeah. broke the immersion well, I think that this movie's more meta than you realize it is. I mean, I think Alex can speak to this. This movie it, it makes a lot of like references to the original movie in a very like sort of meta way, like the big door thing and stuff like that. But that's its own like, universe. It's its own universe, but I mean, it. I don't know. Like, I it, I feel like it is more goofy when you know what it's referring to, but it just never feels it feel it never feels the need to explain itself. Um, yeah. Real quick, but, small uh, little tiny note, which I'm sure Ryan is going to agree on. Um, one thing I appreciate about this movie that the first movie didn't do when they easily could have is that they use real, like, actual terminal commands when he's, like, trying to hack into stuff and, like, mm-hmm. activating the laser. I that. That was and cool. I was like, I'm glad they didn't just do kill all programs. Like, they did kind of real stuff. I don't know. I yeah. appreciated that. Like, they, they were doing real Linux calls and everything. I was yeah. like, oh, that's that's kind of cool it's like that was why it was weird he had like the hacker man phone and then they they showed scripts later on i was like well if you knew that that's not what that looked like why didn't you just do that the whole time but alex did you did you did you catch what killian murphy um was typing in the computer he did a grep where he's like searching for a certain piece of text and then he killed a process that's the only two commands i 
I called. I, he I, was, I, uh, if you looked at the, if you looked at like the root command, he was actually uh, uh, typing it into the MCP. Oh, was he really? Yep. <laughs> so that's what the, that was like the full setup for the third movie. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's just an Can aside. You uh, I love the Rinsler fight. Who are tech illiterate? The MCP or the Master Control Program was the uh, like was the evil AI program that. Yeah, that that Edward Dillinger Sir or Senior, I don't know why I said Sir, Senior uh creates for Incom to sort of run Incom. So it's implied that uh Edward Dillinger Jr. had a copy of the MCP and put it back on the Incom system. Thank you. Um anyway, uh the first fight scene with Rinsler I love. I love when Rinsler takes out the disc separates it and then sam immediately tries to do the same thing goes well why isn't it working no <laughs> i love that part that felt so genuine just like oh yeah, yeah. okay i can do that too <laughs> the disc scene and really all the i guess for lack of a better word combat action sequences super fun like they all just looked really cool and video gamey and I yeah liked it. here's the thing though uh which i'm i'm torn on which movie i liked better in those action scenes, I really liked the first movie and how creative it was. Like when when they have the identity disc fight in the first movie, they're basically on like two platforms, just suspended in a void, and they keep throwing it up on the ceiling and bouncing it at the other person and like breaking the floor beneath them. I thought that's really creative and cool. Whereas this movie just kind of, I don't want to say did the obvious, but just put them in a room and just had them hit each other, which it was still super cool. But I kind of appreciated the creativity of the first movie, and. Yeah. Going on the creativity of the first movie, I think the first movie did a lot more world building and a lot of cool, interesting, like exploration of this digital world with like them drinking the liquid energy and like that like oracle figure that lets them talk to the real life. Like that was all cool. Versus is that what this the movie, blues? yeah, the, the, is that what the blue? That's what that. Was? That's what they're liquid drinking energy? in the. Okay. Yeah. Which that's what, they just kind of. Well, that's drink what I love about this movie. movie is they just they put all of that in. <laughs> yeah, and they just drink it, but it's kind of like that doesn't really make any sense because like you assume it's like to rejuvenate, but they hadn't done anything in Tron Legacy up to that point to where like they needed extra power. They're just kind of like sipping like it was water. Yeah. Um, I was I was confused by that. But yeah, what are you f- talking about? They needed that extra. Sam was just in the game. Yeah, grids. but Kevin didn't. So what are you doing all? Kevin was meditating well, for six weeks straight. He, he, well, oh, so he doesn't need to top himself off ever. Yeah, like, what, what is that? Like, you never just know. drink water after you've been sitting around all in day. The first what kind movie, of what kind it's of like, kind of in the first movie. That's it's just like your opinion, Alex. Oh, shit, well, man. okay, Alex. In the first movie, the guy who's drinking that water like almost like almost comes when he's drinking it. So I'm imagining <laughs> that Kevin just likes the taste of it. <laughs> no, but like, damn, this stuff makes me feel good. But with the first movie, they had the light cycles, they had the identity disc fight, but then they had, you know, that water, they had them riding the, um, what are those ships called? Recognizers. The recognizers, and that Oracle figure that lets them talk to, like, the real world and all that stuff. That was all really cool. And then this movie just kind of leaned into the light cycles, the little, the ships at the end, and then just the straight on one-on-one fight with the identity discs. Which is all super cool again, but I feel like they could have. This was their chance to kind of really flesh out this world and do a whole ton more, and they kind of missed the opportunity to do that. But they did polish those individual parts of the first movie, those two vehicles. Yeah. Well, I think that what they wanted to do in this one was ask different questions because, like, it is a sequel, 
So I think that maybe they that like I I I I feel like the mentality approach like approaching this one was what haven't we done? Because you know that so they decided to go with like um the ISOs, right? This like sort of life that just spawned in the ecosystem because the uh the the climate was right and 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 you know it, they just were um or as jeff bridges calls it biodigital jazz which is just a great i love his performance in this movie so much it was he gives it like jeff this w- well li- yeah. like it, it, it's this weird like melancholy hippie performance that is mm. so good i i love it so much but I mean, yeah he, like i think that, that the those were dude. the questions yeah, they, I think those were the questions that they wanted to explore, and like what sentience was. Paige hasn't what, seen like that what, many Jeff Bridges movies, so after we watched this, like the only other notable one she'd seen was Lebowski. So she R-I-P-D. she asked oh. me, and she was like, "Is this just what he does? Is this just the role <laughs> he plays?" You say, "Honey, wait till you see R.I.P.D." <laughs> um. He's got but range. anyway, speaking of that scene where he talks about uh, where he talks about like the ISOs and everything, and you meet Quora and all that, uh, I love the set for that. I love the 2001 ass set that they made for that movie. To like, I think that is such a fun detail that yeah, that like children that this was targeted to would not understand or care about. What are you referring? But to? the idea that he, well, so like th- the idea is that he's created this like hideout for himself. And oh. they tried to inject it with, with all of the all of these things that someone who got locked in a computer in the '80s would put in their hideout in the '80s. And you know the fact that it looks very similar to David's like transitionary space in 2001, I think, is such a fun detail because he's sitting there just waiting to die oh. in the computer, like yeah, he's know, waiting to move on to that now. yeah that next stage of, of of existence for him. Because he's resigned himself to die in the computer. So that was. And I a, think that's that was a purposeful decision. Like they did that, that yep, very much yep. on and, purpose and reference. And, okay. Yeah, and that's why that's why they're eating the like beautiful dinner at the tables because that's that's exactly that's straight okay. from two thousand one. Uh, and I I love that so much. I think that is such a fun like uh, almost like analysis of his character that like yeah he was like yeah I'm I'm dying here. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out like David. Um, mm. So I loved that. Um, I I love when Clue goes back and is just like looking at at where at, at this place where his like nemesis, his creator, has lived, and then he looks at the apple, the Chrome apple, and just screams and throws it across the room. I was like, this is I love that so much. <laughs> and then you just have the 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 program like holding the the plate. Like what is this? <laughs> the book. He's holding the book oh. all awkwardly. Oh yeah, the book. Yeah. Um, oh, so I love that. I might have missed something. How do they eventually gain the technology to go off the grid? Because isn't that the original excuse for how Jeff Bridges is able to hide? Is that he's off the off the grid? That their vehicles can't go there. Like how do they? Oh, find they fly him? there. But how did they find them? Well, they found them because he took uh Je- he took uh, Kevin Flynn's OG bike cycle back onto the grid and then he gave it to some homeless guy and then they tracked it or yeah well yeah and then they caught the homeless guy yeah but do they and they trace it back yeah they yeah yeah Yeah, they they got the the, path of the bike yeah yeah the the guy says to clue we found kevin we found kevin flynn's uh light cycle we've traced it to its point of origin 
I and then that. the next scene is them landing at his house all right thank you i, I wasn't sure about that yeah no that's it's re- it's a real blink and you miss it like line uh what? especially because the score is swelling so much in this moment and kevin flynn says what to quora chaos good news and then it goes right into the party scene so like <laughs> literally okay. if you're not like glued to the screen you'll miss like 30 important dialogue uh, uh pieces <laughs> brendan i'm confused that like this whole movie is talking about how great he kevin is at because he created the grid is the grid just like that center city or is it the whole digital world there because so that whole digital um, world exists the in the w- first movie kevin didn't create that he no it doesn't into it he no so that's the that's the big distinction here is that in the first movie kevin is forcibly put into the incom system in between those movies that's what they say when he when he said i brought tron to this place to help me build a new grid a better grid is he he just bought a server put it in his basement and he was like well now i know that i can beam myself into this place yeah so he created a digital world just for himself that was closed off um and he moved tron or took a copy of tron from the Encom server and put it into his to watch over that world, which is why like Clue's in the uh, first movie as well. Yeah. Um, is Clue a good guy in that one? Clue's in there for Clue two dies seconds. almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because okay. he because Jeff Bridges all the pro so the idea in the first movie is that the programs that you write that are like yours that have like your ident your digital identity in them will resemble you. That's why Bruce Boxleitner looks like Tron and so on and so forth. Um. And so, like, the program that he's using to hack into Encom uh, over the internet is uh, looks like him, and it's called Clue, Codified Likeness mm-hmm. Utility. Um, but in this movie, he still does it, but he does it from within the computer, and he, like, makes that, like, mirror copy of himself. Um, so it's the same thing, but, uh, yeah. I also like that Clue in this movie mirrors a lot of uh kevin flynn in the first movie and like his drive and ambition i think that's fun i think i think he it, i think that I, out too he says like yeah at the end when he's talking about like you are a copy of me back then before i realized all this stuff and like you know basically how his well it's it's implied to. that he he made that copy before he had sam yeah. so like you know he he you know that that version of clue has no idea what fatherhood is um which i love i love that the the theme pervading this movie is fatherhood and what it means to be like a father or a parent uh to a child and and things like like i i think that it's a little heavy-handed at times but i i genuinely love that theme and i think it culminates really well in the end and that fucking great standoff between clue and kevin where he's like i had a feeling you'd be here and they're just like See, riffing on each other. He apologizes. <clears throat> Not their interactions Why? so much as how, how easily. No, how easily Flynn was able to best him. Like, why didn't he just do that right away? Did, because did something it kill him. Power him not, it, it kills him. They said earlier, like, he can get rid of Clue by, like, absorbing him or whatever, but it would kill him in the process. And so that was, like, his last resort once Kevin and Cora were about to oh, hit okay. the portal. That's when he absorbed him and just kind of annihilated each other yeah I, he wanted to make sure that they would make it out okay because it also like destroys the grid <laughs> i don't know if you noticed that but it like nukes everything yeah i just thought it was because like he had like crazy superpowers and it's like i don't know i just thought that was strange 
how uh, how he hid from Clue all those years while having these amazing powers. I I'm guessing that that was that that was just what reintegration was was that it was that was the like the nuclear bomb that he was saving. But I don't like I mean I think that's the interesting thing about his character in this movie too is that he could have done that at any time, right? He knew that Clue was ultimately planning something that was bad that you know things were going bad and he could have just ended it and died but he held on to some sort of hope that maybe he would get out even if he didn't um know for I, I, sure i don't know that that's one i think that's part that doesn't really work for me it's just it doesn't seem thought out like it's just it seems very ambiguous what his motivations were for doing nothing all those years i mean if he thought he was stuck there anyways then I, I, well because and he knew the risk of it populate or polluting the outside I, world I, I think that, uh, well, he, they, it could only pollute the outside world if they had his disc, which him hiding out would prevent them from ever getting. Uh, and I think he also was looking at it as a chance to sort of fulfill that father role that he, you know, had denied himself by trapping himself in that uh, in that system. With Korra? Yeah, with Korra. And it's also yeah. said that he had staged multiple revolutions that were thwarted by Clue. So... I mean, he was clearly doing stuff, but at at that point that we find him in this movie, he's resigned himself to to to, to his fate. But he still has to play that fatherly role to Clue. I'm yeah. uh, not to Clue to Quora, and sort of shepherd her along. Um, but yeah, no, I I I yeah, that finale is so good when Clue is standing over, uh, Kevin, and he's and he looks at the disc. And he goes, "Why <laughs> you did all this?" For them, or for him, why? And then Jeff Bridges just gives that delicious line delivery. He's my son. <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that scene so much. Oh, I can I, quote I that scene it actually. I being from... more of a like shoulder shrug. Like, he's my son. Was it was it more intense it, than that? It, I think you're right, though. Yeah, I, I thought, think it, was, he, he I thought it was like a... Like, dismissive. Eh. <laughs> he's my boy. I, I think... I, like yep, well, I, ship off the old block. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. It was it was some real blue collar comedy tour shit that he started doing. He started doing a tight five on the floor. You might be Jeff Bridges. You might be my son <laughs> if you explode in a white flash of lightning and let your son go home. Thank you all. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, Dude, Jeff Bridges, yeah. Jeff Foxworthy, cinematic oh. parallels. <laughs> jeff foxworthy in tron 3 um yeah no i i i love i love the conversation that uh sam and kevin have on the uh solar sailor when they're just kind of catching up actually catching up and you know he's talking about how you know kevin's parents died and how his bike's like fucked up and all this stuff i like that scene i think it's really sweet and small and 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 tender in a way that those two characters weren't able to be earlier in the film but again like the first movie did the solar sailors more interesting because there's that one part where kevin like diverts the light um oh well yeah i mean this it's this is literally and then there's the part where like it starts getting dissolved from the front backwards and they're like they're like struggling to like survive that like that's all super cool and gripping and interesting and this one's just kind of like oh they caught up to us i don't know i wish they would have done something with the with the solar sailor i wish they would well they didn't catch up to them they didn't catch up to him. Remember, they didn't know what, what they they accidentally like they got on a shipment of programs going to Clue's armada, which they they thought it was just going like Kevin was like this goes to the portal. 
not aware that the armada ship was also heading to the portal at that time and they just sort of intersected with it um so i think that's fine uh i I didn't have too many problems with that i mean you're right though like i think that the first movie imagines more of what life in a digital world would be like and what you could do in it but i i don't know i just really like the i I just like the emotional core of this movie because that's something that the first one just didn't really have i I don't the the first one just did not have that emotional moment like those emotional moments and those swelling like you know results and finales and and this movie feels very operatic almost in that way and ryan you said something earlier about how you like this movie feels um like it it it's not goofy enough um well not for what that it, i just i wish it would go in one way or the other like i but i love uh, to contrast that i love how it seems to just stay in the middle because you know to me this is like my star wars right where Star Wars is something that exists in the middle, where it's like there's scenes that are genuinely like terrifying in the first like trilogy of Star Wars movies, and then there's conversations that sound absolutely batshit. And I think, to, for me at least, that's what Tron was. The first Tron movie is exactly like that, where it's written as, as like this weird, almost like pseudo-religious dialogue at times and very hokey and very goofy. And this movie continues that while also maintaining the parts of Tron that, you know, were taken seriously. Like, you know, the I people just don't like, feel like it tries to be hokey though. Like I, th- oh, I feel I'm, like it takes itself very seriously. I think, I think Ke- Kevin Flynn's entire existence where he's saying radical man. And, and so I, I mean, I think that's them trying to be, but, hokey. I think I mean, when he, we're joking I think when he that, Jedi actually do that. Well, Yes, he does. He literally he says when Sam Flynn jumps out of the tower with Quora, he looks up and goes, "Radical man," and then they land. And then he also Jedi mind tricks someone. Uh, like, I think the movie like fully like allows itself to be goofy. Clues interactions with his henchman guy, you know, where the henchman uh, is is confronted by Sam and he goes, uh, "Long live the users." And then right before Clue kills him for essentially not trying to even stop sam he goes death to the users (laughs) one last time and is killed like i think this movie is goofy but it is goofy within the confines of its world it doesn't stretch beyond those confines and i and i respect that like they're they aren't cracking jokes really in the movie um they're like the jokes come from these weird interactions or from this uh, abrasion between kevin flynn's stunted development and uh and us watching this guy who was trapped in a computer in the 80s talking like he's from the 80s um you know and like what uh quora is incredibly goofy when she uh when she's showing sam all of the books and he's like oh yeah i know jules verne and she goes what's he like you know or whatever that's super goofy that's ridiculous but it's also that like combination of well she doesn't know what the real world's like or like what he refer what he means by that so it's she probably thinks that all users know each other yeah yeah so i i i think the movie is solidly goofy it's just not out it just doesn't um exist in this it, it doesn't exist in this way where it's making a lot of jokes about itself like the humor comes in a very like honest and genuine way, and not in like a, a smart yeah. way. Maybe that's what I'm missing because the the premise I would expect that kind of 
Well, then go watch Wreck-It Ralph 2. It's waiting right <laughs> there for you. That's the smarmiest movie you could pop in, but... I, yeah. that was I like that this one critique, is like is like Star it, Wars. Ryan, was that uh, you thought... You said something like you didn't like the premise of the programs being alive? I mean, that's just like such surfer dude, like, bro... How does his computer work? And then his friend's like, "Oh, I, what if <laughs> do you like, do you even inside? know? Like that's the that's literally the guy who made the world as a surfer dude. Yeah, like that's Kevin Flynn's entire character. Yeah, but then they make this deep, dark, brooding, melodramatic world. Well, but see, I, see, I'm curious because like yeah, I, that that was I I wouldn't. I, I, I like, am I supposed to take this like, seriously or not? I, I, don't, I don't think that's a, <laughs> well, I too think... hard of a leap to make, uh, you know, like, or not leap to make, but, uh, like, I was very easily, like, I mean, I don't know, maybe we're just looking at it from different perspectives, but I just kind of took it of, like, eh, yeah, you know, life. <laughs> Finds a way. <laughs> well, those programs that were spawned in, that Quora is, what are they called? ISOs. ISOs. That didn't do anything for Isomorphic, me. I thought that was yeah, kind of... I didn't like that part either. I, I thought it, it didn't really make any sense, even in this world. Like, they're trying to mesh this, like, biology jargon and with, like, the computer jargon and, like, kind of argue that, like, oh, since artificial intelligence, like, it'll solve cancer. That didn't that didn't work for me, and I didn't care for Korra at all in this movie, nor did I care for the plight of the ISOs. I was just kind of like... I, I cared more that, like, Clue was taking over and just killing people for fun. More so than he's genociding I, these ISOs. I, I love the idea that I did not care about the plight of the of the victims of genocide. They just weren't not, interesting. I did not care for that. Oh, I, I completely agree. They don't do enough with them for it to be interesting. The the most they vicious don't really thing you see is, is him blowing how up a skyscraper. Well, so the idea is like so the the way they emphasize it is in that scene with um, Quora's arm getting repaired. Right, uh, when when they Kevin, say she's the last one, well, she, well, once she's the last ISO, whatever that means. But when he looks at her programming and it's like a fucking DNA strand, and he's like, I, he's like, this is beyond me. I can like, I can fix this, I guess. But like, the fact that there's a fully digitized like human genome existing in this digital space, um, I think that that's what he was referring to. Where it's no, like, well, it, if you could pro. If you could physically remove malady from someone, like in a digital sense, could like what does that mean when you take them out? I thought like, it was what, really cool. Are, what, what is it, the physical makeup of this person outside of the computer? The concept of them is cool, and that like you know they set the stone and coded the basic artificial intelligence and all that, and then just because it's sort of intelligence, it kind of adapts and evolves and creates something beyond what it originally was i think that's cool when the isos are first introduced he's like or no that part we were saying where he's like trying to fix her leg or arm or whatever and he's like you know i st- i coded some of this but the rest of it kind of did itself that's a cool concept i just don't think well yeah i mean she's an algorithm yeah and i don't think all i'm saying is like the isos in that they're like the cure to cancer and they're the if we can apply this kind of technology to humans like it'll be the saving grace for everything I didn't buy that. That's the part I, did. I didn't buy, and I don't think it. It was. I don't know. That direction for this movie felt out of place, and uh, I, I just didn't care for it. 
I mean, that's fair. I, I, I took it as, like, the natural progression of the sort of religious imagery and uh, subject matter that they covered in the first movie. Being that, like, they're constantly referring to users as, like, these gods. And, you know, like, I think... I think at one point, like the M- the MCP, like or or Sark from the first movie, like calls any talk of users like uh, heresy or something like that. <laughs> like it's clear that there is like a very uh, solid religious through line, and I saw this as the sort of culmination of that. That Kevin would create an algorithm for life, and because of that, he's like, well, what what could this mean? Because I mean, he he creates this right, and then he doesn't really work out a way. To, to use it for anything but he's talking about it in these like uh news interviews and stuff like that not yet sure what he wants to do with it and then he gets trapped in in the computer before he can do anything with it so i i took that as like him not necessarily knowing what you could do with it but just going like well, I've, I've accidentally made life Ooh, what what does this mean <laughs> um and less of like him saying no this this will do this but just like you know disease history uh, you know every every idea humanity has ever had up for grabs bio digital jazz man see what i said how i can quote this entire movie but you know <laughs> like i that's i took it as him just sort of musing about the possibilities of it you know like people talking about nfts i don't know i'm kind of <laughs> speaking with of which like for the <laughs> listeners out there, you can purchase each of these episodes as an NFT starting on July 2nd. They've so. been minted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the chorus stuff, and that was the main, I didn't really vibe with any of the characters. I didn't think any of them were especially well-developed. Maybe there's, like, lore that I'm missing from the other movies, but it's, just like, very, very generic. We got in, we got to get out kind of plot line. And the thing that especially didn't work with me was core going to the real world that was very bizarre. I, I did not understand oh, what they were going for with that. Legitimately, I this is my, they've never explained this like in depth. But my headcanon is that is that is his dad. That is his dad's like what? fucking genetic particles. Because so in Ew. the first movie, <laughs> he's probably gonna listen, have sex listen to with me. It. Let me explain. <laughs> yeah, I know. But let me explain. This. So what? and Alex will back me up on this. In the first movie, when Kevin uh, Flynn is digitized. It's, you know, they're talking about this laser, how it can take particles, put them in the computer, and then spit them out later, right? They do that with an apple in the first movie, and then it happens with Kevin Flynn. So your particles are there. Like, your physical matter is there. Now, when Kevin Flynn got digitized, you know, 20 years ago, his particles are sitting in, like, a fucking gaseous, ga- like, yeah. gaseous, like, mist in a, in a fucking can somewhere in that uh, basement. <laughs> and then Sam's got gaseous as Ew. well but there's only two people's worth of that so if and, and, and she had his disc she had kevin flynn's disc which was the key out for her so if that if we track this sam shows up and he's just sam and she shows up as quora but where did she get those human parts where did she get that humanity uh particle well so what was clues plan <laughs> his father <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what his plan was. That was another issue I think was Clue is just well, a very so, like takeover of the so, world kind of archetype. It's just not well, his, his very made interesting sense, to right? Me. He he knew he knew enough about the real world to know that it was like shitty and not orderly and he's obsessed with order. And he has, as we see in the final speech scene, 
He has the same ambition that young Kevin Flynn had, where he wants to, you know, change the world, except he's gone 30 degrees darker with it. Um, so he still has all those desires to change the world that Kevin had at that time. So I think that's the, the, the sort yeah. of expression of it's that. Just, but his plan, like that his plan makes no goddamn sense because he doesn't know that he can make it out of the computer. And I love – and like there's no lore to explain him being able to make it out of the computer unless there's a shitty 3D printer back there. And it's just going to slowly print <laughs> that fucking yeah. spaceship. <laughs> the laser thing that, that took apart the Apple – I, I took it more as it's not storing the particles; it's storing the blueprint, like the configuration of particles. Because we're all, you know, scientifically speaking, we're all just made of the same elements—carbon and silicon, and all this stuff. Well, sure, so but like, like it's just more like when the like, laser takes you apart, it's kind of memorizing the structure and configuration. And given this <laughs> pool of particles, it can just reproduce it off the blueprints. But that's that's what I mean: is there can only be so many particles like we don't see a fucking vat of shit in the back of that basement so like Like there's only so much so well whatever you're making the people out of a homunculus Sam Flynn over there, but I like to imagine a big bubbling you know I mean? vat that says "Do not drink" with three exclamation marks. This is your father. Do not drink. <laughs> but yeah, so like his plan doesn't make any sense. But I think the idea is that it's like. Let's just not entertain it. Like, so even if he goes out, like, and only him and his fucking lackey make it out, like, that's still bad enough. Yeah, I my assumption he was he intended. In yeah, well, my, I mean, my, uh, imagine if imagine if if someone who you thought died twenty years ago came back, looked not a day older, and said he had the secret to the universe. Do you, like I think that's a pretty powerful. No, I know, but he wants <laughs> to kill users. He's gonna go out there and attempt to kill someone. And the police are gonna catch him and put him in jail. Like he's not gonna do anything. In he's life. gonna throw a little plastic disc at Listen, them. I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want to get into the weeds on this because we we need to start wrapping this up. But also, I, I I will make the argument. I think he's smart enough to not just go stab someone in the chest. I my assumption was he intended to do what he could from a digital space. I I don't know. Yeah, because if I, I, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I, I didn't honestly, think his motivations honestly, were particularly strong. Could, I, I get that it's just programming, but considering that, um, considering where they were planning to take the third movie, I maybe the idea was that he would, he personally would leave, uh, and then like connect the computer to the internet and then just like fuck everything up like that. But because like I don't know what you do with that ship in the real world. Clue breaks. Like the you internet. can't make that. Yeah, he breaks the internet. Tron Legacy um, 2, Clue breaks the internet. <laughs> I love that. I love if that's the name of it. There's Tron, Tron Legacy, and Tron Legacy 2. <laughs> I like the part at the end when <laughs> Jeff Bridges is exploding and he says, Yep, that's my legacy. My Tron Legacy. <laughs> oh, did you guys like Tron and his playing. redemption? Tron. I didn't know enough about. I didn't particularly care about. Tr- I where, thought it was weird that he, he just sh- how quickly he switched sides again. So that was I had quickly, that thought too. He takes Rob- him the whole damn movie. Well, but he has no motivation to switch. Yeah, it's just like yes, he does. No, he doesn't. They're I mean, about he's... to kill his. They're about to kill his friend. Who? Yeah, Clue is. Clue he crashes into Clue. They've been yeah, doing that's that for like a, that's the, at that there's point, one though. moment of mo- but the rest of the movie he's just on well he oh my god 
Oh my god! So he sees Kevin Flynn for the first time. In yes. However so long. This, what, is, this is the years? conclusion I found. Yes. Yeah, he sees Kevin Flynn for the first time in like twenty years, and like that, like you see that he he's struggling a little bit. I guess like he doesn't kill Sam. He, you know, I mean, you see how he, you see how vicious he is, but he, you know, I mean, he, he, I feel like he probably could have killed Sam and Quora like several times over. Um, but like that's, that's irrelevant, I guess. But, you know, he sees Kevin Flynn, he sees what's going on. He shakes himself free of that, like alternate programming that. Uh, clue gives him and i think that's another question that the uh, movie asks right is that like are are the isos the only ones that are sentient that are like fully capable of 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 making their own decisions because the reason why clue kills them at least i took it is that he couldn't repurpose them but he can repurpose any program that's how he makes his army no no he says he kills them because he didn't think they were perfect well, no, that they're imperfect, but also, like, he can't make them perfect. Because, like, I don't think he thinks 90% of the programs that are in that fucking bar are perfect, but he can throw them in a box and repurpose them into soldiers. I think all those things, Maybe. Have, all those pro- programs have free will. The ISOs are just, he sees them as greater than himself, and so he's scared of them and kills them. Also, I love the reveal that uh, Zeus is an ISO. I think that's so fun. And he's like, put makeup over the mark. <laughs> I did oh, I not catch that. that. No, yeah, he's got, the, he's got the ISO mark mm. right here. Um, he's also and, got a uh, wicked he, cane that shoots lasers. That cane <laughs> yeah, fucking <laughs> rocks. And he's got a really right hot back. girlfriend. <laughs> He did have a hot girlfriend. <gasps> Pendant hat collection. He kept oh my saw. god, we got a blue hat and a pink hat and a dark blue hat and a, a pastel yellow hat and a pastel uh, green hat. For those uh, for you kids at home, when Brendan stood up from his desk, his camera panned upwards. Uh, comically slow, I might add. And, uh, we can see his hats now. <laughs> Alright, well while Brendan's not here and he can't hog the mic, let's get let's get critiques in. Quick! Quick, we're gonna lose the opportunity. I think I'm quite dumb. I don't think much is like bad in this. It's just kind of mediocre to me. Like I don't think any story beats really stand out. I think it's all about spectacle. I think that's my biggest takeaway is the the spectacle of it. Yeah, and you know, I am a sucker for father-son stuff to be honest. Like pretty much put that in any movie and you'll Your dad got me. sucked into a computer. <laughs> That I mean, you could describe my childhood like that. It's like, yeah, sure. pretty much. <laughs> Shout out to to children of of people working in tech. <laughs> um, uh, I think my my going to final I thoughts? didn't have any. I, I'll just put one more. I didn't have any complaints beside well besides Jeff Bridgetal. Um, but also, uh, <laughs> the dialogue wasn't. It, it was bad at times. There were some times. It was corny. <laughs> oh. It's so corny, but I love it. Yeah, I like it's corny in like the exact way that I love. No, that that was the yeah. only thing that I was really like. Ah, yeah, this is this keeps this movie from being something I'll watch regularly. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely not like The Dark Knight or anything. A movie with like perfect dialogue, right? Here huh? we I don't go. I don't watch The Dark Knight regularly, <laughs> so jokes on you. Second off. <laughs> 
Remember how there's an ad for a Nokia phone in the Dark Knight? <laughs> there's Nokia in this! He uses uh, a Nokia in this! I know, but he doesn't talk about it. There's a, a <laughs> ad for Nokia in No Time to Die. <laughs> there is! Nokia is, is, 2020. Nokia is the best cell phone brand. Batman. <laughs> Uh, my father was an android user (laughs) (laughs) i hated my father (laughs) okay all right yeah i guess uh let's wrap into final thoughts uh i'll start my because my final thoughts i've talked the most i've I've had the lion share so my final thoughts are going to be really quick um this is to me uh my my favorite movie i waver on that from time to time i think i don't think this movie's gonna hit me the same way that it hit me when i was a kid again and every time i watch it i find something new i find something that pulls me back in and keeps me there for the entire duration of the film i can't do anything else but watch tron legacy when it's on i put everything down it gets my full attention no matter what and um i i love it all the way and i will see whatever tron property they put out regardless of how much jared leto is in it or not um did you watch the animated so. show oh i love the animated show it's with great. uh with frodo baggins i don't know i just it's saw great. that it was on disney plus but that is that it's good thing. it's i was thinking this it, would be really cool in like an anime style like almost like literally akin to like akira or something like that but the same uh, okay so it doesn't look as good as akira it the 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 faces in the show look goddamn atrocious but yeah the like stylized 3d animation is actually really fucking sick yeah that's what it's i was really thinking. good this would look... i think it won an oscar uh, not an oscar it won a, a, a golden globe wow uh, <laughs> well it won like the children's television golden mm-hmm. globe for art direction or something which i was like damn good for them cool um i'll, I'll go next what more can be said than we already said. I don't want to just keep regurgitating the same things, but yeah, this movie's spectacular, and I mean that in that everything is a spectacle. Uh, it is such a delight to watch, and it's done so well. The story just didn't really grip me, and I thought like, I don't know, they could have done more creative things like they did in the first movie, given that this movie had so much more technology and a bigger budget and more hype behind it. But they did polish all the parts of the first movie and brought out the most you could get out of those parts, like the light cycle fight and the, the little disc fight. So those are super cool. Um, this movie is just super I'll cool. Right um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like this movie. I would definitely watch it again. I was watching uh, like a stupid little YouTube fan-made music video to um, that song you brought up to dress or whatever and it had like a lot of do you rest and it had a lot of clips of the movie and every time a new clip came on of a different part of the movie i was like man i kind of want to rewatch this movie because like that is just badass but yeah i'll leave it at that um everyone go watch the music video the actual music video for do it's it's kind of in some ways cooler than the than the movie the tron legacy because the actual music video is a is a like a game grid jousting match in the style of the eighties movie. It's sick as hell. Uh, I guess I'll K Dog hit us. Uh, let's, let's. I can see Alex looking it up. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I, after watching it and contemplating on it a little bit, um, I pretty much have the same takes as everyone here besides Brendan. And that was one of my thoughts. I asked myself, could I ever like this movie as much as Brendan does? Could I ever love this movie? Um, I could not. I could not. I really like <laughs> it. I, there's, there, it, it is impossible. Um, you don't have the Tron blockbuster man backing you, so. I know, I know. Yeah, you don't have, you didn't you don't stand have a, a chance. story. Um, but no, like, I, I was thinking about it, I mean, it, because of just, again, you know, to use the word, the spectacle of this movie, uh, like, we've, we've used this phrasing a couple times before, I could put this movie, just mute the TV, put the score on, and just watch scenes of this movie, and I think I would probably get the same amount of enjoyment if not maybe more because it really is just that gorgeous um and i don't even like i'm fine with the story uh but yeah no i mean it it, it, the the scene that really stuck out to me was the uh the the dog fight sequence um with the uh the twin engine plane with the with the when they're doing the little DNA spirals because the light... So, I like that. Again, that's when the thought just hit my head. I was like, I, I don't understand how you could walk out in 2010 and be like, this was unimpressive. Um, I thought it was impressive for today. I think it's because it's the same thing that happened in Iron Man and the same thing that happened in Green Lantern where it's like, we gotta go higher and then get behind them. Yeah, how do those digital planes stall out? <laughs> it's it's physics. Reaching the limits of the grid. It's physics, man. Um, it would have been funnier, it, honestly, it would have been funnier and way more video gamey if they flew him up super high and then just, like... Clipped down uh, to the, the bottom. Big plane, well, the big plane just, like, quickly braked and, like, started heading down and they slammed into an invisible wall. I would, I or just, that it's light streak. If they came up from the bottom. <laughs> um, I, anyway, yeah, that that's all to say. I... I like this. Uh, I do I care about it? No, but it, it is. It's just it's pleasant. It was a very pleasant, and again, once more, a very sexy, just thing to watch. So, I really want a third movie. I'm sure Brendan, you're dying for one, but I will say that this movie. Watching I'm, both I'm of them honestly made me not want with a third with the way with the way Disney is now. I don't want a third movie. I don't want. I don't want a third movie that has no art artistic vision behind it and Jared Leto at the helm. I don't want that. But I'll see it. And then uh, I guess I'll wrap up here. Yeah, I, I fully see and appreciate the the visuals and the audio. Um, just like near perfection that this movie has to offer. It's just for me, I need more. Um, I, I can't get by on aesthetic alone. And talking about it, um, and especially hearing from you, Brendan, kind of about, about the lore and everything... It definitely pieced some things together for me, but it, it further kind of drives in the point that I don't think this stands alone particularly well. I don't think it's that strong of a story, um, and the, the characters don't do a lot for me. And so I'm really just left with visuals that, while really impressive, I mean, I don't think they're always immaculate. And while I think my by far my favorite thing about this is the Daft Punk score, so I... 
I think I'd rather just listen to Daft Punk than, than, than watch this right. movie again. But it's this has been my favorite time watching it, and especially talking about it makes me appreciate it more. But I still don't think it's like my cup of tea. I, I yeah, yeah. the story's just not what I look for in a movie. But I, I and it's really good. It's it's a good fun movie. And I'll just I'll I'll say one more thing. I do completely agree. I don't think it stands very well on its own. I think it I think it is vastly improved if you care about the first Tron movie before you watch this one. Yeah, it's yeah, much I'm like Star Wars like, in that right. Like that was a good compare. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought of yeah, after watching it because it's very much like Star Wars isn't anything amazing. It's if you get into the no. lore and everything though, it's like yeah, it's kind of cool. It's it's well, worth I, reading into. I think that. I think that it's crazy how much this movie is a direct sequel to the first one. You know, it's almost in the same way that, like, I don't know, like, uh, like I think Blade Runner 2049 has a lot in common with this movie in some respects, how it starts off by trying to tell its own story, and then you find out how intrinsically linked that is to the original. Yeah. Um, also, there is a short film uh alex that features ram from the first tron that was included uh in the blu-ray box set of tron legacy so there's that i think it was called like tron lives tron's big day (laughs) (laughs) tron is the city tron's day at the races uh it's called the next day tron fully Hmm. loaded (laughs) (laughs) Um, all, right. all right, well, so now we can go ahead and compare the two movies, and if you guys don't mind, I'll start. Um, okay. My pick... Wait, no, no. My my vote? What? No, 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 no. No, stop. Needs to be these Oh, uh, I guess we did say the, the people yeah, whose movies go two. first. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not... I don't, I don't care that much, but if we want to stick to that format, it's fine, too. Just go for it. I don't it. really care either way. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, like I said, I mean, the aesthetic of this movie is great. The story just doesn't do it for me, and that's where Good Time, I think, picks up the slack. I think Good Time is just such an engaging and heart-pounding experience, and the aesthetic is there, too. Mind you, not nearly to the degree. It doesn't rely on that aesthetic nearly as much as Tron does. Um, but I, I still love the aesthetic of Good Time, and I think the characters are far more interesting, and the story goes to a far more, far more um, intricate uh, situations and everything. And for that reason, I, I, I'm going to stick with Good Time. Good Time's one that I'm going to revisit often, and this is one that I will revisit, yeah. but not not too soon. Um, I'm never like absolutely enthralled by this movie, but. I do have a new appreciation for it, but that said, I'm going to be voting for good time. Uh, that's fair. I mean, I disagree with you uh, <laughs> completely and on all counts. As someone who's heard everything that you've just said, I can say definitively you're wrong. And uh, fr- like, frankly, I-, I don't know why. We should just kick you off the podcast. I mean, that, was su- that was such a wrong opinion. Um <laughs> I'm gonna roll back to when you said, "Oh, I might vote for this over Tron Legacy." I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, that's literally yeah. that's exactly what I was talking about. Though I watched, I watched Good Time, knowing that it was up against Tron Legacy, and I went, I blinked. You know, I flinched. Yeah. I, I, I was like, I, I don't think 
that Tron Legacy is going to hold a candle to something that th that's this well-made, that's this driven, that's as, like, continuous and, and, and I, I, I don't know, like, astonishing as um, Good Time. But then I hear that. <laughs> literally i hear the i hear the the the, the theme and i i the top hear that comment like, brendan the top comment to the the Derez music video is so nice of daft punk to allow disney to work with them and i think that wraps it up pretty well <laughs> yeah um but yeah no like i hear that score i hear jeff bridges like smooth voice come in and I'm just taken back. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, this, this is it. Like, this is, this is my, this is my home. This is your Black like, Panther. Th <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> this is the, this is Black Panther for people who are terminally digital. People who are who are on Twitter too much, uh, their Black Panther is Tron Legacy. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I I mean, there's not much more I can say other than that. Like, I mean, it's a selfish pick for me to vote for this, but the fact that I like, the fact that I'm able to buy into this movie as much as I do, and that I I I never need to I like, you know, some people say that. Uh, they, if they could wish for anything, they'd wish for, they'd wish to see or experience a movie or a game or whatever for the first time. I don't need to wish for that because every time I watch Tron Legacy, somehow it feels like I'm watching it for the first time. It just, it, it hits me in all the same ways. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, my vote is for Tron Legacy for, for that alone. If and, I had a wish, I I'd I, vote for, or I'd wish for world peace. Just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> and Kyle would wish for a world in pieces. Oh. No. <laughs> Wait, no, so, so no. you're voting for uh Tron, right? Yeah. I think no. you said I that. am. Okay. Just want to make sure. Um <clears throat> uh my vote's gonna go for good time. I just really, really liked everything about Good Time. It was such a tight little package that made the most out of everything that it was given. And while Tron's visuals and audio is just also perfect, the story just didn't do it for me. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. Good time is my pick. Alex, have some pizzazz when you vote. Every time you put your vote up front. <laughs> hey, you don't, don't, think you don't get any I mean, you don't get any no, suspense. I'm gonna I'm I'm defending Alex because he did he did describe Good Time as having a tight little package, and I think that's as much pizzazz as I can take from Alex at any given time. I, I almost chuckled when he said it. That's just my immature mind. There's a problem. I'm absolutely starving, and so I'm dying to go eat. We have been going for a while. Oh, I, I'm so sorry that I was taunting you with the food I was eating. Yes, that pizza looked so good. It did. It did. It looked very good. <laughs> you know, it wasn't delivery, though. It was God DiGiorno? We're not doing ads no. for DiGiorno. <laughs> we are not doing ads for DiGiorno. <laughs> <laughs> it was not sponsored content, everybody. Um, all right, well, I'll make this good and long and really get out all the points again, and I will be offended if anybody isn't here. Well, Until I'm next time, guys. <laughs> Um, no, this is interesting for End me. of line, man. Uh, because <laughs> I really 
liked both of these movies, and I really don't care about either of these movies. Um, to th- <laughs> this is the first one I've watched where it's like, it's not even like a, oh, oh god, it's neck and neck. It's like, I could flip a coin and be happy either way with the end of this result. Um, <laughs> and so it was, it was interesting because I really expected I was going to vote for good time. Um, and then I finished Tron and I was like, uh, you know what? I had a much better time watching Tron than I did good time. And here's when the shoe drops, Brendan. It's a couple days later and I can chew on good time a lot more than I can chew on Tron right now. And with that being said, my vote's going to go for good time. For what? For for good time. I think it's like... Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, that's fair. I mean, even if even if it tied, it wouldn't have won. I think Tron has like a six. Oh yeah, no, there's there's yeah, no. It's way it criminal. How it's how super bad low. It All my there. movies are like rated poorly. <laughs> uh, a fifty-one on Tomatoes and a six point eight on IMDb. That's that's too low. Yeah, so it would have lost, but um. No, I easily know, so could have no, voted no, for Tron, no. but yeah, it's just one of those things. That, like it. It, you know, there's just not enough meat on it for me right now. Uh, well, it's all digital, you know. I mean, <laughs> what would you chew on? I mean, you could, you could, you could sink your teeth right into Pattinson's leg. You know, that there's some hefty meat on that. <laughs> you get it? A tight little package. <laughs> tight even. little package. All right, this is already a strange. Long. Final thing to end. So uh, right. let's let's get the announcement. Good time has Good. now won. That is the biggest upset we've experienced yet. Uh, a 15 seed oh, yeah. has beaten a 2 seed. Yeah. It, 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 Kino Clash confirmed good time is good time. You heard it here first. <laughs> confirmed good time is a better movie than Tron Legacy. <laughs> We're going to have shirts in case anyone was wondering. coming out soon. So go ahead and pre-order those on the Kino Clash website. <laughs> good time is good time. We'll also be selling that phrase as an NFT, so be be sure to stick out for that. <laughs> we're selling the we're selling the shirts. Anybody can get the shirts, but we're selling the phrase alone as an NFT. <laughs> it's very clever. Um, I, um, I'm yeah. I'm itching to roll this bad boy. Roll it. All right, so this should be one to twenty three. I'm pretty sure. Because what this was our ninth installment. <laughs> So. Yes, this was our ninth. Speed jobs, come on. Speed All right, we got 15. Jobs. We got 15 is the roll. Let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Um, I think I'm seeing the prestige spirited away. I'm getting Pulp Fiction Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm using the outdated bracket. Using the old so bracket? Yeah. So that's probably the case, and I don't have it handy, so I will I will trust you. What'd you say it is? Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I'm gonna do a recount just real quick. Okay, I was gonna say I want Kyle, if we're trusting Kyle, I want him to count it twice, <laughs> like Santa Claus. In Santa yep. Claus three. Yep, escape. it is uh, six seed yeah. Pulp Fiction versus eleven seed Edge of Tomorrow. All right. I right. don't know what will win that one. Here's my fourth loss. <laughs> 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 Tom Cruise. I don't know. On. I don't know. I really like Edge of Tomorrow. I do too. Or otherwise, I love Edge Live, of Die, Repeat. 
Um, so I mean, it's it's anyone's game. Hey, wait, wait here's the thing. in that case, I'm. You guys have probably seen both movies then. All of you. Yeah, I was gonna say this is yeah. Kyle's first time watching Pulp Fiction and knowing his taste in movies, feeling he's gonna like Pulp Fiction. Right. I don't think he's gonna love it. I think he's gonna like it. <laughs> There's some. I don't know. Based on the way he said, like good time and alien you don't like the way they made you feel you might not like the way pulp fiction makes you feel <laughs> it's, i mean uh... pulp fiction feels like snatch <laughs> wait what do you mean? i i didn't know you like no, it that I, much I, alex i think pulp fiction is a much more visceral experience <laughs> than snatch pulp fiction <laughs> <Thank> is, <Kyle. laughs> is what pulp snatch icky. tried to be <laughs> <laughs> Did you say pulp fiction is what oh okay okay i thought you said that the other way around um, oh yeah Perhaps, but uh yeah okay well, it, all right that'll do it next episode yeah, thank, thank you all for listening we had a this was a good one uh was, yeah, it was it was a it was a heated discussion yeah so uh yeah well, uh, i accidentally next wrote time. tron on my bracket instead of good time that that officially makes it tron moves forward we can't we can't uh-huh. correct it perfect we get perfect a double upset <laughs> rats all right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Tom Cruise. Bye. Wait, you got you got to do the official Kino Clash sign-off. Yeah, what uh-huh. is that? What was that? You got to do the official right? sign-off. And I, I have bye-bye. no pizzazz. Wait, wait, what's the... You got to... You don't run What, saying bye? No! That? You go... You go, bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> there we go. I thought... <laughs> I, I, it's also oh, I a so I long. I, so long. Are we sure it. this is Ryan? I don't know.